Hey, Polly. Yeah. Yo, what's Jesus up? Christ. Why did the chicken cross the road? Why? To get to the idiot's house. Hey, Polly, knock, knock. Who's there? The chicken! Oh, whoa! Whoa! Right and scratchy to everybody? No, you don't to me. Like a pinch, but you know, Skype quality versus Discord quality is like yeah. wine. Oh, you know what it is? What is it? I cleaned the wax out of my ears the other day. Oh god. <laughs> my so everything is super loud. It's driving me nuts. Uh, yeah, it's like I take a shower and like I can hear the water drops and it's super loud. I'm like, oh god, I can't do this. Max it out. Polycast. Polycast. <laughs> okay, um we were promised a free poly. Yeah, we got it right here. I'm, uh, I'm expecting Polly's. It's right there. It's right. It's right there on the front of the the cover art. You cannot miss it, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Soxcast episode 45. I am your host Polly, and to my immediate virtual right, he does not have a multiplayer mode. It's Rhett. Hi. How's it going, Rhett? My games. Some of them do have multiplayer, but you yourself do not have multiplayer mode. Oh, that. That could be taken a that has, way. That, that has bad implications, which I didn't actually consider for once. <laughs> but it always goes there right away. What are you talking about? So, Red, I've got a question for you. Okay. If your dick uh, is a superhero... We're going to be labeled explicit on iTunes. What would your dick's superpowers be? Optic blast. <laughs> See, I always kind of... I kind of like the idea of you being like just a a, a, a penis based superhero where like so look somebody's robbing that bank and you just kind of like stand back citizen and you jump out into the middle of the street throw your arms out to the side and your penis just bursts through your <laughs> pants into the bank and knocks out the bank robbers apparently hits them all in the eye yeah just bops them right in the eye just boom up Car- blast you yell up dick blast <laughs> Oh my god. Are you ready for a podcast, Rhett? We're off to a start. Yeah, we are. We are. <laughs> hey, yeah, speaking of that, we, we are currently under submission for iTunes, and we are on Google <laughs> Play Music now, so we've really hit the big time. It's true. We got, like, if this is somebody's first episode, we really got to give them all the good stuff up front. And all the good stuff about this podcast just happens to revolve around Rhett's dick. Yeah, it's true. Like, everything else is just kind of tertiary. It's just filler. It's yeah. Just all the filler around Red Stick. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> to my immediate virtual left, he's going to talk about Homestuck, and I'm like, eh. It's John Thayer. Hi. How's it going, John Thayer? Pretty well. Probably going to talk about Homestuck, and you'll go, eh. 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 Taylor's talking about it, too. Oh, no. This is... <laughs> It's just like spreading now. Is this the new thing? Is it going to be a thing? Is it going to be like 
if only. Probably not. Because I honestly bet Ruby is better, and I've never seen Ruby. I just know that everybody, like Taylor and Chelsea, loves Ruby, and I know other people are starting to get into it, and I think that would be a better compromise. You know, at the very at least, Ruby's way shorter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I looked at it on YouTube, and I was like, oh, this will take, like, an evening. Yeah. <laughs> Given how you fuckers binge-watch things, yeah, that's about how long it'll take. And how he binged through Homestuck, and it took, like, a month. Yeah, it was like a seven-year project, and he just kind of throws it away needlessly. <laughs> but the fact that it took him a sizable amount of time was scary. Yeah, that's, that's... yeah I was not finished last time we Soxcast or the And then he said the that. weirdest thing on Twitter, going, I'm going to do it again. No, I, I, if, I, I, I if was... Something... If something didn't grab your attention, you might reread Homestuck. And I'm just like, no, no, for your own sake, why would you do that? Quick, give this boy something interesting. Give, give him the Neptunia. There you go. It's You've got like what it's doing that thing where like you're on like Tumblr and you're just reading, you're just searching for fan art and you're just like, oh, my God, there's nothing here. Nothing else is really grabbing my attention as much as Undertale or Steven Universe or Homestuck or, uh, John and just, you don't really want to do anything else. John just said the, John just said the funniest thing about yeah. Tumblr. You said people read Tumblr. That's real fucking <laughs> funny. <laughs> people go on Tumblr for porn, and that is it. That's the only reason you were on there. Fair enough. That's right. That's right. We got a guest. This guest has been with us once before. This guest handles all of the cover arts for our wonderful little podcast that you can see at our website. Every couple of weeks, he's just turning out something amazing. Hey, Sayara, how's it going? It's going. It it goes and 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 it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's how it goes. That's how it goes. We will keep Death Grips relevant in this podcast no matter what. If we're going to have Undertale Saga Universe... The Grippy Men need to make an appearance as well. Yes. The Grippy Men. cool. Shut up, you poser. Oh. That's right. I listened to the first two. I really liked them. Rhett's more of a Death Grips fan. No. And he listens to I, I can't go along with this joke. <laughs> <laughs> so how's it going, Sayara? Oh, it's going fine. Um, I'm awake. Yeah, <laughs> it's eight o'clock and I'm awake. It's like that's not normal. That's not normal. <laughs> that is not normal because you work at four in the morning typically. But you got you got lucky this weekend, I suppose. Yeah, a lucky break. My only lucky break, probably. So I guess before we dive into everything, the last time we had you on the show, the Grippy Man had just released a hotly anticipated album. It was like a week after or something when they released um, Jennifer Death. Uh, and now, uh, the Grippy Men are back, uh, and they have released a new album, Bottomless Pit. So, uh, what you think about their, uh, Bottomless Pit? Yo, I love their Bottomless Pit, like, for real. It's, it's among their, their, like, best work. I definitely agree with that. Like, it has a lot of that super dark grittiness like some of their older albums does but it's still poppy enough to be like the money store which is like a a beautiful combination the only thing i do miss is bjork's drum samples on every song yeah 
Yeah, those were those really accentuated the first half of the powers that be. I think in a way that like you kind of really got used to it. But then again, like we spent a year only having that half of the album, so you listen to it a lot, and then it's just like you go back and it's just like, oh, Bjork's not there. She's not on Bottomless Pit at all. Not at all. No, I uh, wonder how it even would it even work because some of those songs are just like so out there that's like I don't think Bjork could actually benefit anything to the songs. The thing is, is, like, I don't think this album is really that far out there. Like, I think that other than giving bad people good ideas uh, and Hothead, which are, like, right at the front of the album, funnily enough, like, you've got your this really accessible album, and then you put your two, two of your most abrasive and off-putting songs right up front, which is, you know, I guess that's a very Death Grips thing to do. Um, other than that, like, like, like I think that this album, like you said, it's got a lot of the money stores poppiness behind it. Like there are so many tracks on here that are, I mean, I mean, fucking hell, uh, the fifth track, eh, which is a great name for a song. Amazing. Eh. That, that actually like debuted on beats one the other day. Like that's like, you know, on Apple music. And that's just like, that's a weird thing to happen for them. <laughs> um, and, 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 and like, Three Bedrooms in a Good Neighborhood, that's like a straight-up actual hip-hop song, but it's just got a bit of noise in it. Um, I think that just... Like, 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 even Ride seems more subdued in this album, not in a sense that, like, he's dumbed anything down, but it's he's much easier to follow in this album, I think, than other albums where most of his lyrics t- tend to be very cryptic and... Um, you know, kind of twisted or just contain a lot of strange imagery. I think that his lyrics this time around are very pointed in like a a general direction. And it's mostly at like, like like I get the feeling that a lot of the album's content, I'm not saying all of it. A lot of the album's content is directly directed at the fan base um, and their perceptions of the band and these perceptions that they're always trying to put onto the band. And it's just like, there's a lot of, you don't fucking know me in this album is what I'm getting at. Um, and, and it seems like, you know, like this album kind of stands apart from the rest of their discography in that way. And that a lot of it is really straightforward and you don't expect that going in. But then you think back to like ex military and the money store and it's like, Oh yeah, these guys really can do fairly straightforward and do it well. Oh yeah. That's really cool because the ex-military and money store like just really immediately appealed to me. So this sounds like it could be kind of a nice jumping in point again. Yeah, yeah, like this might actually be like another like good entry point into their uh, discography because it's 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 still got a vast range of styles, but it, it's not as uh, generally like trying to be off-putting as something like government plates might be, or or definitely no love deep web, which is just like an anxiety attack in the span of 41 minutes. It's a good anxiety attack, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes Uh, for good art vomiting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um... But before we, like, put these other two to sleep, uh, you gotta pick a favorite. Houdini. Houdini Houdini all day. Damn. Holy shit, Houdini is, like, the most... It's, like, weird. Like, it has, like, like that kind of older 
weird style, but it's still just poppy enough that I can like get behind it, and it it just it just rang to me really quickly. Houdini is so strange because when like when the album leaked, um, everybody fucking hated that song. And it's just like, what are you talking about? This is like the track of the album. Like, and it's like right there in the center of the album. It is the centerpiece. It's like just, they, know, they know that this is like the champion song. Yeah, I totally agree. Like Houdini is definitely my favorite track on the album as well. Um, just it's like if you want to take the poppiness of the money store with the anxiety of No Love Deep Web, that's oh. like their, their bastard child, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. It's just fantastic track like people that don't like it can just yeah uh, yeah people that don't like houdini i'm like eh eh they're trash yeah they're trash that is another great song <laughs> <laughs> it's another great song about how the internet is terrible and we're human beings and we're making everything terrible i saw someone link the song trash and say me yeah yeah <laughs> It's like, it's like, we know trash, we know clean don't last, like, never last when we load trash, we upload trash, face down, trash begets trash. It's like, yep, that's us. Thumbs it up just right. So yeah, the Grippy Men's new album, Bottomless Pit, it's a, it's a fucking winner in a way that's just like, still very unique to their catalog, but not off-putting in a way that a lot of their other material might be. So you might like it, you might like it. If you like some experimentation in your industrial alt rock weird thrash punk blow, blow, ethos, really weird, yeah, blow blow core, hobo <laughs> core. Oh, that I don't, I don't like that implication of that label, honestly. Okay. Yeah, I think that like that that comes from Ride's appearance and racism, and I think it's kind of gross. Okay. Hmm. Uh, so, with the Grippy Men out of the way... Goodbye, Grippy Men. Goodbye, Grippy Men. We will probably never, ever talk about you on this podcast ever again. Jenny, Jack, really, win. Pretty much every topic, we just kind of jump in once and then just jump never back out. Never come back. Never come we're, back. We're, like, just running around. Yeah, yeah. So what else have you been up to, Sayara? Well, I've been playing a lot of video games. Uh-oh. Too many video games. What did you do that for? That's what rot your brain. Well, it. I ended up becoming John and getting a Vita. I got it for the Miku games because they're just too good. I, but, I, I was um, gonna say, like, if you got a Vita, I know exactly what you got it for. <laughs> please, you don't. You don't fucking know me. But but yeah, I got it for Neptune, uh, <laughs> the Miku games. But um, <laughs> I apparently got Noir Neptune Noir game on mm-hmm. a Vita before that they announced it was going to be on Steam. So I was like, oh, wait, this game looks... Fr- oh, that's because I already own this game. What did, so, you get? did you buy it before you had a Vita? No, I I didn't remember which games were coming to Steam. I knew it was you, mm-hmm. but I didn't know what the other one was. Oh. So I was like, oh, hey, it's a Neptune game, and it looks kind of interesting, so I, I bought it. Mm-hmm. And, um... It, it's basically a 
tactical RPG kind of thing. Like, it uses grids and stuff. I didn't get very far in it. Like I've only I, played, like, a couple hours myself. Like, you and Rhett will probably be able to talk about this game more than I can. I think Rhett would probably be the best one for it, because I only played, like, a little bit of it. It's like, yeah, this is interesting, but I, I just... Video games, I have the attention span of, like, a gnat. So oh, I stopped playing it. We'll let Rhett cover that one, then. Yeah, because I got other games, too. Just, like, I, I splurged on video games, like, relentlessly. There's just so many games in my library right now. It's like, hey, I should probably get back to that sometime. And then never get never back to it. Never will. No. Nope. Hey, did you know if you have a really bad big memory card, you could put PSO2 on the Vita? I refuse to play <laughs> PSO2 on a Vita. That makes your shit look like a fucking toaster. Oh, but you could play it on the go. I, I don't care. <laughs> what am I going to do? Fish on the go? Or or hit the ground and pick up soybeans? I saw That's... somebody doing that on a stream, somebody that I watched, and I was like, this looks like the dumbest addition to this it's, game I've oh, ever it's seen. it's so bad. It's, it's really so bad, bad because once you get the stuff you need, you never have to do it again. So it's like, why did you make this system? The problem I have with it is, like, it's complete mobile game garbage like oh you got a stamina meter you can replenish your stamina meter by using lunch uh using star gems oh my god and it's just like yeah i don't wanna i'm just gonna switch a character and pick another character to do the same fucking thing and get (laughs) nothing in return for it because it's like every character has like the same inventory now so like you can just collect all whatever rocks or fruit or crabs or whatever the hell you need for your fancy schmancy rings that don't have much benefit whatsoever until you max grind it to you know say look how cool i am i can do 20 burrow damage or i can get one percent extra damage if i have 100 percent hp it's like nobody cares man all right we're gonna do it we're gonna all right this is your pso2 portion of the podcast i'm turning you to okay go <laughs> good night polly um it's how much just... do those you can do buy like premium pickaxes are those really like five dollars each for one use? What I think so. What I haven't, it's I haven't done ridiculous. it. It's one like, use. Why would you use that? Like one use, RNG, man. Are RNG? you kidding me? One use, like yeah. as it, like not a full mining session, but like one use. Yeah, one, one pick, one whack. one pick or one fish. Unless you get one moored, then you get a second one. But you know, RNG yeah. bases that too. I'm sitting here because I'm honestly fucking speechless. Well, I saw someone like doing the math and saying they could like buy an actual pickaxe and like a gardening set for less than the shit in PSO. Yeah, it's true. Oh my it's just, god! It's just like why I this entire episode minus yeah. minus like the tier six and the new controller set ability or whatever. Everything has been completely garbage. Like. I don't understand yeah. what exactly these guys are doing or who's running this show because they're doing a really great job for uh, killing their, quote, 10-year plan with crap like this or, you know, this sh- awful story, which is being so convoluted that it's just like, I can't even I can't even bother to try to pay attention to the story anymore. They're totally out of ideas. Like, four, yeah. year, four years into their 10-year plan, they're already out of ideas. It's like, oh, hey, let's... uh. Let's instead of having something like 
interesting with this idea of, oh, we're in Japan and we're actually in the real world or something. Let's just go to a hot spring. Let's have these two characters fondle each other while this little kid who's completely <laughs> brain dead doesn't understand what the hell is going on and this happens. It's like, really? Am I am I literally watching a slice of life anime and a slice of life video game? Is that what's happening? Let's have a, let's have an emo where we stick our fingers up each other's butts. Oh yeah, we just got that. That's an actual thing. You can actually concho someone now. If you don't know what concho is, look it up. Oh my god, look it up for Faust because Faust does it best. Yeah, this from Guilty Gear. Yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah, PSO. The only actually. Collection files. What do you think about that, Red? Oh, so I actually talked about this last week. How I thought they were good, and it's like they're good, but it's also like has now trivialized ninety percent of the old weapons because it's like you can just get a Nox NT real easily and be good. I feel you... like that should be the second to last thing that you can get. Yeah, after like getting a thirteen star, because the idea that I felt like it was going is like the really early weapons that you can get are like you know here's some introductory introduction weapons that will you know get you geared up better as you get to the thirteen yeah. star. But you know eighty percent of the people who are playing the stupid game are already mm-hmm. seventy five at all classes or whatever. So yeah. they're like, just give me the thirteen stars, man. I need the thirteen stars, <laughs> and it's just like. Yeah, you gotta fight Balrodos 67 times. Yeah, twice if you have two different weapons that need it, or whatever. Oh my god. I think well, like, it's I... just really weird because the easiest one to get on each board is the Nox NT. And, like, you can cancel the board and then restart it and get another one right away. It's just like, okay. Is that supposed to be exploitable? Like, or that. People are, like, using them to feed the 13 stars. To oh, that is now. so dumb. It's really weird. I didn't know you can redo the same board if you quit it, because I know you get, like, a two-day lock. Yeah, the, the cooldown is only if you get the 13 star. Oh, for fuck's you sake. You can cancel and restart for anything else. That's It's that's really so silly. That's so dumb. <laughs> I don't understand. Oh, <laughs> People are just God. using them as food for other oh, stuff. Oh, my God. It sounds like this is, like, a total waste of a system. Like, every system they've added to this game since I quit sounds like a total fucking waste. It's I liked crafting, but this stuff... Yeah. And crafting... Crafting had good ideas, like the weapon PA crafting, where you can, like, change how your weapon behaves when you do a PA yeah. or whatever. That's fun, but they just completely abandoned it after one update. It's like, oh, yeah, we'll do that again some other time or something. I liked weapon crafting because, like, it equalized kind of everything across the board. Like, hey, you could use that cool-looking weapon, but now the new system is just like, no, use these ones that we're giving you, and, like, 90% of the old stuff is junk now. That's... That's, like... like, What what is Sega's issue in keeping things balanced? Because you have to, like, you go all the way back to PSU, and you've got the same problem of, here's this content we just released, only do that. Here's these new weapons we just released, only do that. Only use those. Like, what is there, like, issue yeah. of, of making you always stick to the most fucking recent thing? But it's always, like, the newest 13 star is kind of going to be the strongest and stuff. 
but it's not because people say that austere is still. I better. know austere. Even even that like the did. new ones that are coming out, like the Yamato yeah. base weapons or whatever, they're weaker than the austere's. Like they've already confirmed it. I, mean, I, I like, kind of think they should be because austere is fucking crazy. What you have to go through to get those? Oh my god, I don't even. It's like, oh, you wanna you wanna get this cool austere weapon? Enjoy getting like. Seven years of RNG to get everything. Yeah, I've got I, I've got a friend that's trying for an austere, and it's just like the, he he explained it on his stream, and it took him four minutes to explain what he needed to do. <laughs> Sounds about right. I'm getting there. Yeah, I I'm not even bothering. I got invade shoes, and I just kept them, and just yeah. I fixed them nicely to be good. And I'm like, I'm just gonna stick with that. I don't care about no freaking dex variants. Even though everyone says, oh, invader weapons suck because the decks and Blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't fucking care. You know what, guys? Guess what? Guess what, guys? You're playing PSO2. It's the easiest fucking massively multiplayer online game ever. You don't (laughs) need your numbers to be that much bigger than mine for me to be effective on the battlefield. So take it and shove it up your cram hole. But my numbers! (laughs) That's the silliest part, is, like, with the collection foul stuff, like, they're kind of raising the bar of what people have, like, equalizing the power levels. It's like, okay... When are you going to release something a little bit more challenging? You're not? Okay, great. They did, so like, but then everyone complained, or they just don't do it. Like Ultimate Mode. Ultimate Amadusha is never going to happen because nobody wants to do Ultimate Mode because they hate it. It's too hard, quote, too hard and too much of a, quote, waste of time. It's weird. I, I liked Ultimate Mode, and then I never really did it much because it's just kind of like, yeah, you run in a circle, and it's kind of boring. Yeah. Like, I, I wish it was actually like bouncing being, you know what would do you guys better? I tell you what would do you guys better. <laughs> I've got I've got this little thing called SMPSOBB. <laughs> you guys should just oh. come over and uh, we should just uh, we should just play on that because then hey, everybody. So when are we gonna continue on. that stream of that? Cause I Yo dog, what's your schedule not fucked? Yo dog, I don't um. know. <laughs> we have to continue that because you know I can't complete the let's play without you guys there. We can just have John be my substitute John or something. Oh, wait, no. Wait, what? <laughs> I can have John be your substitute. So, like, how many layers of substitute John are there? It's like an onion. You just keep peeling off the layers of substitute Johns, and then you just find, find the undercore tails. It's like, if it's, an onion, if it's an onion and there are layers and all the layers are John, I'm taking a gun and blowing my brains out. <laughs> Why don't you just shoot Magic. the onion? <laughs> because the onion has infinite layers <laughs> so the bullet just keeps shooting into the onion forever yes it never comes out you shoot it in and it just never comes out because it's traveling through layers and layers of infinite john That'd be awesome so you can just watch, keep actually. shooting shooting bullets into the onion and then just feel satisfied at least that you're I wouldn't feel Shooting. satisfied because the satisfaction of something being shot is the exit wound. And the explosion comes afterwards. There would never be an exit wound because it's infinite John. <laughs> It'd be really cool to just like hold the onion in your hand and then just shoot it and then it doesn't do anything and you just watch. And you could like put it up to your ear and be like an entire universe dies every <laughs> five seconds. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> well, it would probably eventually slow down, right? Yeah, more than likely. Oh, yeah, because onions, they're thick, you know? They, yeah, like that bullet's going to come to a halt at some point. There's only yeah. so much penetrating power into an Wait. John onion that a bullet can get. How many John onion layers do you think it would cut through? 
I think that's going to be the new measurement of how like of how uh, of the strength of a bullet. It's just how many John layers it can pierce. Yeah. Well, like you could probably Google like how far bullets travel through like meat or something, and or maybe try to compare that with vegetable strength. Mm-hmm. And then we can math out how many John layers of the onion would be pierced and destroyed. How did we get here? <laughs> you wanted to shoot John. Yes. <laughs> I thought well, she wanted to shoot herself because, and then I brought up shooting John. Mm. Onion. Okay, that's actually a smarter. It's a smarter idea to shoot John than myself. It turns out. There it's you go. Genius. It's genius. But um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not getting Fiesta to interview. To it's not happening. Instead, I got Sandrin Kagura, the the one that just recently came out. Booby game. Yes, it's it's very booby. Yes, and lots of boobs in Senran Kagura. It's marvelous. Yes. Yeah, it is. I mean, I don't really care so much for like the absurd amount of fan service in it, mm-hmm. but it's just dumb enough that you know I can just turn it on, attack a bunch of ninjas with like whatever character's weapon I'm using, and just you know enjoy myself enough out of it just, just like not care it's like oh yeah she's got gigantic knockers and i just smacked her so hard that she flew into a window naked it's like oh okay that happens i mean at least like the senron kagura games like look to have at least a little bit more depth to them in terms of their gameplay mechanics than uh, neptunia action you did because yeah. that game's uh that game's not so great no it, it isn't i played that for 30 minutes on the steam and it's just like this. It, it just felt so much. It's mushy. It's like yeah. it, there's no satisfaction. Like in all of these attacks, these like these characters have, you know, like you're you're put in direct control of these attacks now, and it's like that's supposed to be an awesome feeling, but it just kind of feels mushy and not really satisfying. And there aren't really sound effects or enemy reactions there to back up how badass these attacks are supposed to be. Yeah, it's it's very it's a very lifeless Neptunia. It's definitely a miss in terms of like the entourage of every genre of Neptunia ever yeah. that they're trying to do. Yeah. A misstep. Yeah, basically. Though I haven't tried the idol one yet. I don't think I'm going to. Producing perfection, yeah. Yeah, it's just Whatever. like uh you know, that's another thing I I had a, an issue with with the noir game because with the other Neptunia games, it's just those characters are involved mm-hmm. and everything. This one <laughs> has like a random non-existing male or you know female character. That no, it's, just a has, it's a male character. It's a male they're, character. They're referred, to, they're referred to as male. Okay, they yeah. just have this character who's just you know who who is this dude? And why why are these like you know these these characters who've had so much power and so much like yeah i can do whatever the hell i want now suddenly become submissive to this you know random dude who has no body or face whatsoever so it's like who are you and why are you inserting yourself in a game that's all about like goddesses who can do whatever the hell they want and do it stupid and have fun with it yeah that like i'm trying to understand like what they were thinking when they were going that direction with producing perfection and hyper devotion noir and it's like what like you've already got your audience there like what part like like what is adding a faceless male character going to add to this game that would want to bring in any more of a demographic really it's like it doesn't need it you know, because, you know, people who people who are going to play the Neptunia games, you know, are going in for like 
you know, the fan service and the, you know, the the basic easy gameplay or whatever. The, the cheesecakiness the, of it yeah, all. Yeah, the cheesecakiness. They don't need to have, like, themselves inserted into the game and have them get all mushy with them and crap like that. It's like, oh, I don't want that, man. Yeah. I just want the characters to interact with each other or, you know, you know, lesbian bananas or whatever. But it's, I didn't like it. Yeah. It's a dumb, it's a dumb thing that I'm sure Rhett will be able to touch more upon because, like I said, he's <laughs> he, he's played that game more than us, so he knows how that arc kind of rolls out more than we do. Mm-hmm. I'll look he's, forward he to says it. Some creepy shit. Oh, that's, oh, that's even better. That's even better. <laughs> Great! <laughs> Great! Great! So Your speaking... measurements are already perfect, Noir. Oh uh, God, no! Could you not? Scary black and blackface, not anything NPC character. Could you? Uh, could you not? You crazy non-existent person. At the end. Oh, <laughs> of course. I think that happens in perfection performance as well. Because I watched a video of it because I was curious. I'm like, what's well, idols? It's got to be like Love Live, right? It's not. No. It wasn't at all. I was let down. I wanted my virtual money back. No, no. <laughs> what is my time back? Damn. Damn. So, Sinron Kagura, how's that treating you? Um, for a game that I can just, you know, goof around and not really care about anything, it's fun. It's really brainless. But, you know, at least it's a bit more satisfying than Nepu is. Yeah, yeah. Like, attacks actually feel like they're doing something, even if it's, like, you hitting a character like 17,000 times with this one attack, and they just keep getting the same voice clip going off, like, <laughs> it's just like, oh god, please don't do this. But, you know, it it's it's just dumb fun, and I don't find it too much. I mean, there seems to be a lot of games that are about attacking people and, like, destroying their clothes in the process. It's just like, I didn't know that this was actually a thing, because there's some shooting game that does a similar thing, and then there's Nepu, yeah. and then, of course, Sanran Kagura does all that stuff, too. It's just like, I, I didn't know that, you know, there's was a fad of games that knock clothes off when that you attack some, people. Whole new subgenre we had no idea existed. Color me surprised. You're not weeb enough if you didn't know that existed. I mean, I'm a pretty... No, I can't say I'm a low tier weeb because I'm like a super tier weeb. Yeah, you are. Don't even, don't even try to, don't even try to softball yourself there. Look, look, I've watched the Cowboy Bebops. I've watched the Naruto's. I'm not really into that anime stuff, man. You know, (laughs) give me, give me, give me that Family Guy anytime, man. He's hiding his power level. Oh, he's not doing a terrible job. Terrible, terrible job. It's like Rat trying. It's like Rat trying to conceal his massive dong in public. I can totally see. I can totally see Cyrus power level. Oh, I'm wearing a freaking anime shirt as I do this podcast too. I'm like the biggest hypocrite ever. It has a cute girl on it, more than likely. I'm sure. No, it's actually Zetsubo Sensei. Oh wow. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh, so that's that show is how I know you're S tier weeb. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh shit! <laughs> Cut the tape. Cut exploited. <laughs> exploited. It's over. You're exposed. You're exposed. I'm out of here. I'm calling Rhina. <laughs> You'll save me. <laughs> Rhina, save me. Rhina won't save you. Nobody knows where he's at. I know where he is. He's in the computer. The ghost in the mach- the ghost in the shell, so to speak. Basically, yeah. I actually got. I actually got them to use something besides aim 
Oh my for, god! Like the first time in like maybe ten years, and I'm really excited that he's that they're not using just aim because I don't use aim anymore. He's just like I need to find a way to get a hold of people, and nobody uses aim. And I'm like, why don't you just try Discord? It's it's better. I'll make a channel. And he's been just like posting in it, saying all the stuff that he's trying to figure out, and you know, saying, "Oh, I guess I have to clean the boards again because people are being stupid." And I'm like, "Yep, that's what I've been doing for about you know every time they're not here." That's what I've been doing for you know the last four <laughs> years. Well, you know, Baba G spam here, you know, Baba G spam there, you know, people bitching about this and people bitching about that. So it's like whatever. Oh, look, Big Olaf being a big racist, sexist pig again. <laughs> No, he hasn't actually done anything lately. Oh, like, wait, he's been bit. banned. He's suppressing his power level. Oh, God. I guess. Probably. <laughs> but, yeah, Sandra Kangura, it, it, it's fun. <laughs> I enjoy it. Fun, dumb, and brainless. But, yeah, basically. And boobs. Cool. cool. Um, in terms of other things that I'm playing, I also got a new 3DS... Wow, somebody's just, like, throwing money all over the place here. Well, you know, working 4 a.m. every day for, like, eight hours gets you some mad stacks. Yeah, I'd imagine that, that, yeah, that's probably pretty good cash. So, um, I played Fire Emblem Awakening, like, a couple years ago, Mm -hmm. and that was, like, my first real jump into the series, and Mm -hmm. I enjoyed the hell out of it. So, when I learned that Fates was coming out soon... I was just like, oh, I gotta get into that shit. And they had a bundle, which is like, you get both games and a new 3DS for mm-hmm. like a reduced price. And I was like, you know, my DS is, re- my 3DS is really old. It's like the Legend of Zelda 64 remake. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it, it's pretty dated. So I'm like, you know what? Maybe I should upgrade to the new one. So. I got all the goods, and I've been playing through all the three different stories, and I enjoy the hell out of the game. Even though it's censored. Yeah, all <laughs> oh, the censorship. Oh no, I can't touch my character. I can't touch any of my girl boobies. This game's <laughs> stupid. It's not even... I don't even... I didn't like Pokemon Ami, which is basically what this is. It's Pokemon Ami for people. I didn't even like Pokemon Ami, so it's like, I did not miss out on anything by That's having... That's the creepiest that shit, Pokemon seriously. Because you don't want to touch Pokemon's peckers. I don't. Like... I, I did it with Eevee just so I can get to Sylveon, but that was it. <laughs> well, see, that's the thing. It's like Samurai Cross who said everybody wants to put their dick in an Eevee. <laughs> I, I don't want to do that, but I did give it muffins, and they liked uh-huh. it a lot. It's like, give yeah, it muffins. muffins, you say. Give it the muffins. Oh, yeah. Muffins. Uh-huh. They're pink, and they had little glittery stars on it. Hey, pink muffin, you say. <laughs> Would you not... But hey, you're the one, you're opening your mouth and you're throwing all of these words out that are in the proper configuration. Would you rather me, like, you know, open my mouth and spit out paint? Because I can do that too. Just, like, puke cadmium ink all over my microphone and destroy it. It'd probably at least give us, like, a cool two to three seconds sound. And then I'd be gone. Yeah. It'd be like that cartoon where the guy does... Daffy does like all these explosions, and everyone's like, "Yeah, that's awesome! You gotta do it again!" And he comes I back. I can only goes, do it once. <laughs> I can only do it once. Oh man, I'm excited about the internet. The Dover Boys is a meme. 
Man, I'm glad I, I I'm glad I don't care about internet memes or even. I love Tumblr just for that one fucking cartoon because I love that cartoon. I'm completely distracted. What was it talking about again? You were Fire talking em- about Fire Emblem <laughs> Fates, I believe. Yes, yes, Fire Emblem Fates. Game is great. Hate the story. And all oh, three God. of them. Hate the story and all three of them. Wow. Well, I, that would like. Jeez. That would kind of like put a real damper on me wanting to play it. Well, <laughs> I mean, I'm just a bit jaded, I guess. Like, each game, the story can be like its own thing. Like, you don't need to buy all three games to get the quote full experience. Like, if you just get Birthright, mm-hmm. you get a whole story. And it's just like, yep, that's the end of the story. Congratulations, you beat the game. And then you can get conquest which is the other side and it's like yep i just beat conquest and i got a a happy ending for the story and that's it so now i'm playing the third one which is apparently a mix between the two and you get like 80 billion characters and it's just like well i'm trying to finish a story for this one but it's just been so obvious Mm. i guess like the story is just like you know I bet something's gonna happen right here. It's like, oh my god, something happened! What a twist! And it's just like, I I knew it was coming. Now, while it's true, like the Fire Emblem series isn't really known for having the strongest stories in the world, like they at least kind of like carried them with some amount of competency. Mm-hmm. Um, Awakening was great though. Like the story was so much better in Awakening, but I guess because it's one story compared mm-hmm. to having to do three different ones. Yeah, you got too many cooks in the kitchen, and everything's being kind of spread too thin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, think, I don't think I heard anyone compliment the story approach. Yeah, nobody I know is actually the story. It's always been like, oh, I like the mechanics and the maps and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the maps are awesome. Like in. The, the way that the games works is Birthright is like Awakening 2, mm-hmm. where you have like infinite grinding. Like you can just keep redoing maps yeah. and getting more experience from that. Conquest, you only get one shot on yep. each map. Yep. Which that is, is that's more akin to the old stuff. Yeah, that's old school right there. Yeah, and the maps that they give you, if you're not playing on like casual mode, they are relentless. Like. Mm-hmm you'll get swarmed by so many enemies that it's like, oh, get to the exit in 20 turns or die or kill the boss. And a boss is like a level 20 super enemy. It's like, oh, how the fuck am I supposed to do that? And then you try to do it and you get like half your units killed. And it's like, oh, I feel awful. I got all my damn units killed. I got to start over again. And then it just, you know, the cycle goes from there. But I'm a bitch and I did it in casual. I didn't mm. want to have to deal with the heartache of seeing characters say like, uh, I guess I couldn't do anything for you. Sorry, Sayara. And they die forever. Because and they die forever. Yeah, it's like, no, I don't want that. I want my characters to live forever. Because <laughs> the main story I don't like, the character interactions are still, like, super, super clever for a right. lot of characters. Like, there's some chemistry between characters that are just... That's really nice. ...amazing. Like, um, if you have your unit be female if you uh do the conquest story you have like the big chested purple lady purple hair lady mm-hmm. and she basically like treats you like a little child for like <laughs> most of the support chats and it's like this is the silliest thing just like you're a grown woman and you're just like oh come into my lap darling it's like oh, oh my what god are you doing <laughs> you're so silly <laughs> but it's just stuff like that characters interact with each other and they're mostly pretty clever i haven't 
Oh, I'm not gonna have the honor of doing the quote super infamous support because I didn't do a male unit. Right. With like the the one child who's like vicarious or whatever, oh, right, whatever right. they called it. I don't know. Yeah. Like I I'm not getting involved in that mess because I chose female because gotta be Sayara forever. Right. Right. Gotcha. Right, infinite. Right. Infinite Sayara forever. Infinite Sayara, mate. Hey. Heart. <gasps> Venus. Penis. But, no, Venus. But I've, I've been having fun with it. Cool. That's cool. I That's need to cool. finish it at some point so I can say I, I finished all the Fire Emblems. Now I can do all the end game DLC nonsense because, you know, I got that DLC. Because you gotta. You gotta. At least they're nice about it. It's not like absurdly expensive. It's like $7. You get all the maps that they decide to make and it's like. 10 for the first set and i think they have like another 10 coming so it's like you get a lot of content for seven extra dollars yeah that's not too bad i don't mind it's kind of it's like back when i was in the last podcast i talked about like an a la carte dlc thing was like juby where you get like a collection of songs for one price and you just get them all for that yeah. one price. Yeah. it's sort of like that you could get, like, the one DLC map that you want. Like, if you just want the gold grinding map or the, you know, the endgame extra story stuff, you can just get those. But, you know, it's cheap enough. To just at least. grab everything. Just grab everything yeah. for cheaper. Makes sense. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. cool. And then lastly, I've been playing... Uh, when I'm not trying to play PS2 or... Neptunia Rebirth 3, because I'm still trying to finish that. I've been playing a vis- uh, visual novel called Kindering Spirits on the Roof. Oh? This oh! Is, this game this, looks really nice. <laughs> and this game's full of lesbians. And I actually were thinking about playing that this weekend. It's... I, I'm enjoying it. I'm also hating it at the same time. What's that? Uh, <laughs> because, as you may or may not know... I'm not just doing the the podcast art covers for for you guys. I'm also working on a visual novel with uh, radio. The radio, yeah. And I look at all the like the avatars that I've done for his project, and I look at them. I'm like, man, my shit fucking sucks. Oh no! <laughs> so like, oh. I'm playing the game, and all the characters have like so much emotion. They have animation in their like poses and stuff. Like one character will just stick out their thumb if they're like really in a good mood. And I'm like, holy shit, these characters have so much animation and movement, and minds are just garbage. So I basically scrapped eighty percent of all of the avatars that I. Oh did. my god! Oh, <laughs> and no. just started completely over because I was like, I hate these. I hate uh... these. Way. I need to do these over. So that's why I've been like reposting the same like Sayara uh, sprite that no longer has stupid ugly glasses, and I changed uh, the the doll that she had to be not freaking Love Live, the bitch character, but mm. instead something else, and just going wait, wait, back. Wait, wait. Which one's the bitch character? Uh, Rice. Okay. Like it was just, it was literally just the rice girl with purple hair and I was like, you know, let me let me change it up a little bit. So I gave her pigtails and I changed her bangs and you know, art blah 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 bullshit. But yeah, I, I went back and I just started redoing like all of them and he's just like, Oh no, what are you doing? I'm like, I hate them all. <laughs> but 
he's he's gotten on track with like some of the updates that I've done. Like some characters went from like super hideous ugly to like pretty well polished, and I think he's like more excited that I'm getting better quality avatar things compared to what they were before because going from doing the usual garbage that i do to this clean and neat and pretty like anime style it's not easy yeah yeah like i'm i've been struggling literally the only reason why i got into like love live and all this other anime crap is because i was trying to learn how to do anime again because it's like I don't know what the fuck to do. Eyes, faces. Don't. I'm sure. I'm sure it has nothing to do with just wanting to watch shows about cute girls and then buying all the merchandise and then playing look, all of the. I'm just playing all the spinoff games. That's just that's just research. Now look, <laughs> it's totally research. Hinamari sketch doesn't count because I watched that before. But like the Neptunia games, Love Live, Idol Master. Oh, he's gonna lump Neptunia into love into Love Live garbage now. Good. <laughs> Now I'm angry. Now I'm angry. <laughs> oh, look, you, you, anyway. Strangling my microphone. You just cannot see it. Please don't strangle my neck. I need that. <laughs> I don't want to have like, you know, that's not like this for the rest of my life. Cause that, that wouldn't be cool. Give you a case of bitch neck is what I'll give you. Oh, please spare me. Um, <laughs> But going back to the actual game, it's really chill. Like, I've played and seen, seen some visual novels where it's, like, if you choose poorly, like, the story just goes in, like, really terrible turns. Or, like, you get a different outcome if you uh, decide wrong. Like, uh, Katawa Shoujo, the whole first chapter basically decides who you're going to end up with after you answer, like, 60 questions or whatever. And it's like you get one character. It's like, oh, that's cool, whatever. And then you have to do like the right answers with them, or else you get a bad ending. Or yeah, just like that. This one doesn't do that. Like, if mm. you get hit with a choice, I, I was just like, oh shit, what do I do? You know, what if I pick the wrong answer, or whatever? Neither answer makes a difference. So it's just like you can answer one way, and the characters will react to it, and then you can back up and answer it a different way, and then characters will react to that. But mm-hmm. then go back mm-hmm. to, like, the main story. So it's just like, oh, I can actually just enjoy reading the story and playing <laughs> I don't have to worry about being the world's biggest prick and getting a catastrophic ending. Yeah, basically. It's like, I don't have to worry about, like, getting my neck sliced off by some crazy Andere chick or, you know, have someone jump out of a window or something stupid like that. It's like, no, you can just watch these characters interact with each other and... Try to make try to make lesbians. There you go. That's make make lesbians. You're that sounds lesbians. so nice. Kindred spirits on the roof. Subtitle: How to make lesbians. How to make lesbians and enjoy it. Your utopia, I think, is like their personal hashtag. Oh right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's like that's a thing one of the characters will say a lot. It's like your utopia. It's like yeah, I'm gonna make my your utopia. It's been getting really popular. Like, yeah, I've noticed that people really seem to like it. They've released like a bunch of they're releasing rather a bunch of drama CDs. Yep. That you know are instead of just being like an audio file, they're making a videos for. Yeah, Steam. it's it's really crazy the kind of traction that this that, that this little property is getting. I think it's good. You know, maybe yeah, I think that it absolutely is. I think that this is the kind of thing that I want to see more of happening because you know interactive fiction is pretty awesome. It is, and it's not you know. 
super pandering like some other visual novels I've seen go on on the yeah. like, like like ninety five point nine percent of visual novels in the world. Sakura, yeah, yeah Sakura, everything. Sakura, Sakura is my Sakura Saga. I think is my personal favorite. Mm. Anna, but, um, Anna was really interested in this because she started replaying Persona Four after um, again after seeing the Persona Five trailer. And then she was like, oh, my God, I love this. I love this. I love all these people. I love all these people. Wow, I don't want to do another dungeon. <laughs> but that's wow. not the fun of Persona games, though, is a dungeon. I know, but it's, uh, but um, after playing the game, like, twice, basically, the, the third time, she was like, can I just play a game that's like this, but with just the, just the, the talk- talking? talking? <laughs> and well, I said, there's a lot of those. Kindred Spirit would be a way to do it. I mm-hmm. think that's like probably the best one that I've gotten my hands on lately. Though mm-hmm. you probably hear other people tell you Hatovo, Hatovo Boyfriend's a good one. Like I would probably <laughs> recommend it. Even that's the bird I'm one, right? Oh, yeah. of course. I think the cute gay girls sound is more up Anna's alley. But birds, <laughs> pigeons, even. <laughs> well, I think it'd be fun. I'll have to actually play that sometime and not just be, like, a complete bitch and add it to my ever-going collection of games I'm never actually going to finish. Right. I should just, like, take a picture of my of my Steam one day of, like, all the games that I've uninstalled and not finished on there. It's just, it's just depressing for people See, to I, like, completionist games. I compounded my problem this week by ending up in a family sharing with somebody too so now it's like oh great i've got like 350 games i haven't played oh, yet oh. <laughs> oh no yeah too that's many games funny. that's wonderful for too many games absolutely absolutely cool they made it so you can add the same game to multiple um uh folders in steam now yeah so you could have like you could divide it as like games i Polly's interested in and then um, your whoever else is there could add the same game to their folder, and it wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. So, so that I was a nice folder that said blah 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 fuck. If I wanted to, yes. Wah 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 fuck. And I'll have wah 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 fuck. All the Neptune games in that folder. Wah 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 fuck. Yeah. <laughs> is this a Death Grips thing? Yes, it is. Okay. Oh. Hey, Sarah. I had to. I had to do it. Yep. Yeah. There is no. There is no backlog. There is only a bunch of unopened <laughs> presents. That you get to dive into whenever you want. There you go. It's like it's like Christmas. Every time you open Steam, only you know you feel <laughs> worse and worse about it. Yeah, it's just like oh, I have too many presents. I need to open. Now. I have too many. I have way too many presents. I don't know <laughs> if I like any of them. Uh, it's not only that. I feel bad. It's like I have all these gifts, and, and there's people who don't have any video games. That, yeah. that kid over there, he doesn't have a hat. And then you and, and then you start thinking like, what could I have done with all of that money? Had I not spent it on games that are always going to be there that I'm never going to play, but I just had to fucking have them now. Well, shit, I could have gotten, like, all the freaking Love Live merchandise with all that money. <laughs> I, think, know, this, there, I think the Steam games were a better investment. Isn't there, like, a thing for Steam that tells you how much money yeah. you spent on Steam? Yeah. God. Yeah. I, I'm scared to see how, how expensive that is, because there's a lot of games I have in my library... Probably not as much as some of you guys, but I feel like there's just a lot of a lot of money in there that I've burnt. The person, I, the person I share, the person that I, that is on family sharing with me now has 800 games. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> have they have they finished 800 games? I don't know. 
Or are they just like plus oneing? Because apparently that's a term where you get a game and you say, "Yeah, I plus one my Steam account by getting this one game." Oh my oh, god! No, people actually are gamifying Steam purchases. Oh yeah, I see that on NeoGAF a lot. Like people will buy bundles just for plus just five. The number. Just the fucking yeah. number, man. Get the fuck out of here, <laughs> you wastes of human fucking space. Well, hey, at least they got it from the bundle, so they donated money to a good cause, right? No, because they probably paid a dollar and didn't move it over <laughs> to charity at all. I mean... But... So they defaulted right to fucking Humble. Man, That's... fuck these people. Go jump, <laughs> go jump off a fucking bridge into hey, a... Hey, look how long my Walmart receipt was. Is Fox <laughs> does not permit the idea of suicide. buying a bunch of 50-cent Reese cups. Reese's Cups. Oh, you know what? Peeps are on sale for nine cents at work today. Jesus Christ. You can maximize your receipt length per money. Holly's like, I'm on the way. No, I don't like Peeps. I don't either, but because it's like Easter discount stuff from like, you know. A month ago? Yeah. Well, look, there's two Easters, okay? There's the one that, you know, everyone else celebrates. Yeah. yeah. And there's the one that I celebrate, which is the right one. Yeah. I and I still, I no, still wait. didn't like you know get the cheap ass jelly beans or the peeps because I'm stupid. And I guess is that why PSO2 is still ru- running the fucking Easter event? Mm-hmm. I think they ran that event at, the, at that time because they just have it set that it's always that time. But I Easter is never at the same time. Like this year, Easter was like March and then May first for mine. It's just like May first, and y'all having it in March. <laughs> Didn't it, like, come out after Easter? Even? Yeah, it the Easter event in PSO didn't start until April, but it's still going now. It's just Amazing. like, okay, guys. Eternal Christmas. Up. Eternal hey, Christmas. Can we just keep the Samba de Amiga music forever? No, that's what they have to get rid of. <laughs> would you rather that? Or would you rather, like, the wedding music? with like, blah, for, like, five minutes. Taylor, I know you're listening. Take that. And just put that in a song somewhere. <laughs> we got them death grip stems. There you go. Add that to Brad, the. Didn't you say? Stem. Didn't you say that there was some April Fool's thing that happened on March 29th? Oh, okay. Can I just tell the story right now? Go for, go for it. Go for it. Remember that Turbo Graphics handheld somebody was making, like the clone system. Mm-hmm. They announced that April 29th or March 29th. March 29th, yeah. And I was just the other day, I was just like, oh, whatever happened to that thing? Oh, oh, it was an April Fool's joke (laughs) that they announced it three days early. Like, what the fuck? That's not really an April Fool's joke. It's not really a joke. Yeah. This is a company that makes clone systems. Yeah. They just announce a TurboGrafx version and then go, no, just kidding. No, just kidding. (laughs) We got on the we got on the fucking thing three days. Get out of here. You know, I thought I was bad for like announcing my joke on the 30th. Because I didn't realize it was the 31st of March. So I was like, I'm going to release this super awesome, super awesome date Sayara video game on March 30th. Because tomorrow is April 1st. And then I looked at the calendar and I was like, fuck, it's March 31st today. That means it's two days away from April 1st. And then I got There's a Parks and Rec gag where one of the secretaries schedules all of the guy's appointments for March 31st. Oh. <laughs> she doesn't think it exists. Yeah. <laughs> the worst. I felt so dumb. And I was like, fuck it. I already decided I'm doing this. And I did it. Nobody played it. I guess you couldn't really play it because it played an April Fool's song anyway. So. 
I do, and I, I do, but I don't intend on doing like a date Sayara thing because I'd imagine she'd be like the worst person to ever date, the most un uncool looking character, hideous, and uh, uh, she she's not pleasant. Basically, John. Uh, I would insult her that badly. Oh, okay, good point. Like she has a little John, bit, a I little bit better quality than, than than that. Saga hundred stars. Is that all you've been into? Yeah, besides PSO two and art and PSOW, that's about it. Right, right. Enter on booby pictures. Yeah, uh, but you not spread that so much. I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, I'm making, what are you making the Mario swimming sound? Oh. Dude, did you see that one Mario Maker level where you had to, like, swim to the music? Yeah. Like, Game Grumps were playing that? Mm-hmm. It looks so awesome, but it's so freaking hard. Well, yeah, because, like, everything's got to be almost, like, frame perfect. That's, like, rhythm, that's like rhythm game heaven bullshit. No, I, I want I want to <laughs> be a part of that, and I enjoy it. When I is the new rhythm game coming out? When I don't is the really, new rhythm heaven coming out? The new rhythm heaven should be out, I thought it was this summer. Ah. Oh. Oh, is there a new one? Well, it's not really new. It's just like a oh, yeah, stuff remixed for the 3DS. Uh, and there's like, I guess, 20 new games. Cool. Oh, yeah. Excite! Excitement! Cool. Because cool. I don't think they're announcing anything for the Wii U. <laughs> well, maybe they'll right. announce it for the Wii, Wii U, too. Moving on. John Fire. Hi! You're fired. Okay. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there you go. It was a great, uh, nice having you, but uh, best of luck on your future endeavors. What have you been up to? What have I been up to? Yeah. All right. Um, I wrapped up Homestuck. Just as in I read like the last third. So like just a billion pages of goodness since the last podcast. Um, the back, basically the entire back half of the comic is act six of, um, after Act Five wraps up, which I, which I had done when I last Sox cast, and for a good while I figured it kind of seemed like it was dragging down a bit, and I was um, because Act Five ends on a really high note, mm-hmm. and then it just kind of resets a lot of things, and then kind of starts building up really slowly from there. Mm. And there's one act in particular that has just like three video game sections that are like basically hour long visual novels. <laughs> Lord, and that's the, that was the one time where I really felt like I was starting to drag for me. Mm. Um, well, uh, I imagine it wouldn't start to feel like it was dragging if you weren't binging it the way you were. Well, I don't know if I was if I was like watching it serially or something, then that stuff would really get on my nerves because it'd be like three years or something. Yeah, but like, dude, you were ingesting this shit at a rate which is inconceivable, and it's really just like, I think you just did way too much, and you got to those, like, hour-long road road bumps, and it's just like, you know, that's Mm -hmm. not an easy thing to get over, and I think that the way we ingest media also affects how, like, you know, we think about it. How we perceive it. it. Yeah, so. All the other parts that people were saying were slow that I just kind of breezed through. I think it was like for because like the last twenty something percent of the like twenty five percent of the comic took almost half of the length of the comic to produce and because he took a lot of breaks and because he he was like complete maniac like waking up making stuff posting twenty pages a day 
for just like two years. Realizing, he hates, his, realizing he hates his fan base. <laughs> and then slowing way down, being like, wait a minute, I can't, <laughs> wait a minute. So I think there's a lot of anger dealing with, so like you leave off on a big cliffhanger and then for like a year. Uh-huh. Um, and then when you put, read it, it, it just goes by immediately and it's great. Um, I mean, like, wouldn't, wouldn't it be like, have more enjoyment in these like giant hour long things if you had to wait like three months. Yeah, that part that's probably the time where that would be really enjoyable. And and I say that that's the time where it's starting to drag. Um, but just because it had been a while since there was any a big high point like at the end of Act Five. But then once it gets to X six X six, it gets really pretty much better than the entire preceding comic. And it just there's a whole bunch of stuff in the climax and the very extended climax that resonated with me more than anything else in the comic and it ends on a really perfect and lovely note mm. um it it had the one part of the climax is just the most iris's pie part of it it's great it's just like a 10 minute boss fight flash it's amazing <laughs> real ret back into the conversation yeah um yeah and it ends on this really perfect lovely note that pissed off a bunch of people <laughs> That's, those are typically the endings I find that are probably the best is when they piss yep. off a lot of people. You know, like, like it just seems that like when you've got a big audience and you make an ending that pisses off a lot of people, more than likely it's probably because you did something right. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. It's Everyone w- was talking about how Homestuck is an anime. Homestuck is an anime. And then when it actually has like kind of an ambiguous conclusion that leaves you to kind of draw your own conclusions about a lot of things and then they're mm. like oh this is horrible and oh my god clearly they never really wanted homestuck to be an anime <laughs> so i can't uh, believe how gurren logan ended really just <laughs> <laughs> which just had this huge satisfying amazing climax oh my god but like i meant the part after that where it's like oh it's actually kind of a downer ending yeah, yeah it's not it's not the happiest ending yeah that's true um, yeah, it's, not, it's not even like a downer it just leaves like one aspect of it to kind of it doesn't completely resolve one aspect of it in a really specific way that I think is smart um, so it, it just like oh no like a lot of the times we can want a little too much specificity in, yep. in how things wrap up and like that's not how life works yeah but that's how they want life to work or else they'll riot yeah. Mm-hmm. Give me my good ending or riot. Mm-hmm. Where's yeah. my OTP? <laughs> the reading I kind of really resonated with me was sort of the whole story as sort of this ode to creation mm-hmm. and people creating things. And so the ending leaves off on the note right before something is created. And the idea, I think, is that it's not what they are creating, what comes after, but it's that they reach out to do it. Mm. And everyone wanted to have the super mega extended ending, <laughs> I think. Weird. And it's just, and I'm it's so cool that I'm glad that they, after just seven years and this huge build up and fan base, he just was like, nah, let's do that this way. Um, probably the right way to handle it. Mm-hmm. So that's Homestuck. It was really good. I read everything related to it. I could get my hands on for like a week, and then Rhett still am. <laughs> Even all the crappy fan fiction that everyone wants to make? No, I haven't. I haven't been reading the crappy fan fiction. 
but there, every like kind of official media related to it. I, there's like a whole series of um, like ambiguously canon comics by guest artists that are also some of them are written by Hussey, some of them are written by other artists, but they're kind of official and called Paradox Space, and a lot of those I really enjoyed. I have, oh, okay. I have I have ambiguous cannons that fire ambiguous rockets. <laughs> Ambiguously? Dumb reference. Ambiguous I know rockets. that I remember that reference from something. Yeah. Allegedly. Oh, it was in your Mal profile, so it was like, yeah. yeah. See tomorrow's sketch. Yeah. Uh, I figured. <clears throat> All right. And, yeah, that's a really good comic. It kind of, I think the fact that I kept pouring over stuff related to it for like a week and a half afterwards kind of means that it's probably going to be something really important for me going forward and it's given a lot of cause for reflection Mm. Mm. I I think I can definitely relate to that with something else being talked about this week for sure Oh yeah that's that's a that's going to be something to unpack (laughs) gotcha because um when I finished it and like I said with kind of that ode to creation I couldn't really I didn't really want to play any other video games (laughs) <laughs> um, or do or read anything else after I finished it. So I just went and worked on my game a whole bunch, mm-hmm. and it was really satisfying and cool. And I figured out something. There was kind of a breakthrough moment that made me really, really happy. Yeah, put Homestuck characters in the machine, and now that's my game. <laughs> and now it's and now it's a fan. No, I just replaced it all the Homestuck music. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Uh, so yeah, that I feel like kind of that sense I got coming off of the ending kind of helped propel me into that sort of creative energy. And I'll see if that kind of carries me forward into finishing that sooner rather than later. Cool. Cool. Um, And I played a shit ton of Final Fantasy Tactics. That game's really good. It's really good. Did you finish it? I'm two fights away from the ending. (laughs) You son of a bitch. You lied. No, I didn't lie. I said I was going to try. It's a race. He tried. I tried really hard. I got stuck on one of the um, hell area bosses so I went back to my save from before that taught some people auto potion and went back in bought a bunch more potions um, I've got a ninja a ninja a ninja Agrius and Orlando <laughs> that's a ninja <laughs> I I can't I just it was I went too long without training any casters and then it was like okay I really should have done this yeah and it's like oh shit I I needed to be on this way earlier <laughs> if I wanted to have like a summoner or whatever. Uh, so, but I'm feeling pretty good about my ninja, my ninja, my ninja. Orlando, I guess. Like Orlando is going to carry you through most of it, but those ninjas, like ninjas, are crazy. If you want to, if you want to really cheat it, yeah, give those ninjas the ability to equip night swords. Oh, I sh- that's what you were telling me. Yeah, yeah, that'll. Uh, and then, and then, if you want to be real, <laughs> real cheap, figure out how to duplicate Excalibur. <laughs> Excalibur. God. Yeah, yeah, that's that game's, game's that game's got some bugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that game's real good. I said that Act Four was. I kind of steamrolled through Act Four because I had to train up a bunch to beat um, WeGraph. Yeah. Um. That fight. Everybody's favorite. Like, I don't hate that fight as much as I hate the Marquis Elmdor fight. Which one's Elmdor? Elmdor is the guy that kind of looks like Sephiroth. Elmdor. Is, did he come right after we, the WeGraph fight? I think so, but I know we that have he, to. We have to beat. Um, you have we have to save the girl. You have to beat his assassin chicks, and then when you kill them, they turn into, like, ugly beasts that are even more powerful. Yeah. 
and he's got and, and he has an ability called blade grasp, which is a uh, which is a samurai uh, technique that. But basically, you try to swing on him, and you're only going to have like an 11 to 15 percent chance of actually hitting him. So mm-hmm. just actually getting a hit on the guy is a pain in the dick. Yeah, I think I remember that. That, that happened. was a nightmare. I think that comes a little bit after. Is that immediate? That might. That's either immediately after we graph fight or like halfway through Act Four. I honestly don't remember because I haven't played that game in a long time. It's really fun. The assassin, the assassin girls actually can like. They just have a move where if you're it's just like you're, yo, they you're just dead. kill you. You're yeah. done. Yeah. They just walk up to you and if they can touch if they can be within touch range of you, then they just touch you and kill you every time. Uh, yeah. It's great. <laughs> it's so just like, oh god. Well, they're assassins, it makes sense. Yeah. So you have to figure out a way how to not let them be in that range of you. I figure an assassin would know how to touch my forehead and make me immediately die. <laughs> It makes sense. Oh my god. Um, feeling like everything about that game is, seems really solid to me. I, I have like a sense of how it ends from a couple other sources, so I'll probably wrap that up tonight. And I think it's just a really great game. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed any of the? Um, uh, uh, have you noticed any callbacks like uh, that you may have heard in Breath of Fire Five from Final Fantasy Tactics? Because uh, Breath of Fire Five actually does have some callbacks to Final Fantasy Tactics. That well. makes a ton of tense sense. Is it? I know the musician. Yeah, it's the same. Yeah. It's the yeah. Same. Do you mean like musical callbacks or? Yeah, there are musical callbacks. Cool. Uh, in, I uh, believe Breath, it. In Breath of Fire Five, that cool. are, that call back to Final Fantasy Tactics. Yeah, Breath of Fire 5 feels like a successor to this game, just kind of completely. Um, just like some sort of... In some ways. Yeah, just it's not the sprawling political epic. It, no. it has that kind of... The fights have this kind of crunch to them where yeah. everything is... Where they're hard in a really cool way. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just the cutscenes are all really smart and terse. Yeah, get the point across in a really nice way, and I feel like Dragon Quarter kind of carried that forth. Dragon Quarter is just like that, but with only three characters in the game and yeah. um, one setting, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm feeling I'm feeling a little bit distant from it. Like maybe, like it didn't like completely grab my heart away. But sometimes that's just how it goes when you go at something you've heard a lot a, a whole lot about. Yeah, so it'll be really, really good, but in a way you kind of expected. So it's like, okay, yeah, this is completely solid and awesome. Yeah, um, and that's oh, and we we saw um, and, yeah, you and, saw the the new Civil War movie, I think. Yeah, we saw the new Captain America. How was that? Good. Yeah, it's good. It's good if you're down with kind of what Marvel is now, which is um, basically all movies all the time. Yeah, infinite all movies all the time. (laughs) Every thirty seconds, a new Marvel movie is born from the gigantic (laughs) fetus of Marvel's home offices. Fetus? A gigantic fetus birth things? That doesn't sound right at all. I don't think that I've got this whole anatomy (laughs) thing. You play too much Isaac. That's got somewhere. There you go. There you go. You just got to blame it on that. Mm Like it, this disregard that I'm big, an idiot. It's one of the big ensemble movies, so like mm-hmm. it re- even more than most, it really doesn't work on its own terms as like a standalone thing, right? It just so many of the characters are just like, hey, have you seen the la- 
Have you seen Avengers Age of Ultron? Okay. Have you seen Ant-Man? Okay. Have you seen this other movie you might not have known was related? Is, it just, s- is it just callback porn? Not. <laughs> it, there's like Avengers 2 was bad, I think. I think everyone pretty much got that, right? Right. Yeah. Right. That's generally what I hear about. I it. don't think it was bad, but it was just like, yep, it's another one. Yeah. And it's bad. It, it's sort of like with the big ensemble movies, you kind of want like a lot of spec. It's sort of like with Civil War, it's just kind of setting a bunch of dominoes into place and then they fall all down and there's a whole bunch of spectacle and then like a good amount of pathos too. Mm. Um, there's like a 20 really good minutes of spectacle where all the heroes are fighting each other. And then there's 10 really good minutes of pathos where there's a fight between just like three characters. So we've got like a 30 minute movie so far. Okay. What's the <laughs> yeah. rest? What's the rest of it? Oh, no, then, it then it has to, then it's setting all that up, setting all those pieces into place. Um, which is kind of like Avengers one, where is kind of getting all these people into this place so that we can have this really cathartic showdown mm-hmm. at the end. That also has a lot of kind of meaningful, character beats right um, it doesn't work as well as avengers did for me um i think i'm just kind of coming to terms with the fact that i feel it'll the most vibrant chunk of these movies will probably always be that run from iron man to avengers one right um, where they were where they weren't like a huge multimedia as big as huge of a yeah. multimedia empire and they were kind of flying by the seat of their pants yeah what they were doing seemed crazy back then. Exactly. Like, we're going to make a movie for all these characters, and then we're going to make a movie with all of them. Yeah, yeah that's, like, like, so, like, you don't see that. Mm-hmm. Well, we see that a ton now. Well, well, yeah, that's all we see now. Because it worked. Yeah. But, yeah, back then it was like, this is this is crazy. So does it, like, does it seem that this is, like, something that's starting to run its course, or are these movies still actually banking for them? I think they're making a ton of money. Oh, as far as money goes, yeah, they're yeah. Doing and this was quite well. There's know. no reason for them to even make comic books anymore. <laughs> pretty, yeah, it seems like it. But oh the pretty God. artwork. <laughs> so Civil War was a much, much better um, ensemble movie than Avengers 2 was. I feel like if it had taken the place of Avengers 2, it sort of would have, emotionally, it would have gone a long way to kind of removing some of that sour taste. Because mm-hmm. with Avengers 2, it was just... The, they really just... It was all spectacle. Yeah. Kind of fun character dialogue and interactions. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't that... kind of grounding it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like Civil War did a better job about that, but I'm also... feeling like... I feel less connected to the movies than I did at the, with the first five. So gotcha, gotcha. Cool. Look what else on. you been up to? That's about it. What? what? Yeah. Was... <laughs> what? That's not no, John. You've still got like an hour left. <laughs> <laughs> we signed a lease today. All right. Well, tell us all about that. How's that lease been for you? <laughs> we woke up. Anna woke up. Saw <laughs> a, a house she wanted. We've been house hunting for like four years. Yes. Uh, not four years. Four months. Oh, um, okay. Apartment hunting house ha- for rent. Mm-hmm. And we woke up. She saw this late last night. It had just gone up. Mm-hmm. And then she woke up at 7.30 and called this people because our last place that we wanted in just the right location got snatched up from other us. And by 4 o'clock, we were over at the guy's house signing a lease. 
There you go. Because we did a showing and it was great. Fantastic. Feels good. That's good news. Glad to hear it. Right. Yeah, things are working out. I actually Everything sucks though. Get ready. Get ready. Oh moving, yeah. Moving well, terrible. We because we, we were in such a rush. We signed the lease of several weeks before our lease here runs out. So we got a real leisurely move out. Uh, it's not going to be as leisurely as you think. No, okay, that's fair. No, you might think that three weeks is a lot of time. It's not. Mm-hmm. No. Also, do you remember when I posted a bunch of graduation pictures of me playing Final Fantasy VIII at the boring graduation ceremony? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I didn't actually graduate then. No, you didn't. Because which is which was a great reason to be playing video games at your graduation. <laughs> because I realized, oh wait a minute, this might not actually pan out. And then yeah. a couple weeks later, I was like, nope, it didn't. Uh, totally didn't. And I had just the one class that was really hard, and I got a different teacher this time. Not that other dickhead. Yeah, who was way harder. <laughs> so I spent. So I basically I didn't think I was actually going to pass, mm-hmm. and I'd have to do it again in the fall and be a full year later. But I actually passed. So congratulations, John! I know good work. Good. You're like you're kind of adulting now. I know it's kind of crazy because you're you're, you're only like 13, but you're now like <laughs> adulting. I know. You might actually have to turn his hat forward now. Yeah, he's getting to that point now. You're, you're getting 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 old enough now that you can't wear the hat backwards anymore, John. Which is a shame because you know when I whenever we play Pokemon, one of us puts on the hat and does the thing where we like go, I choose you and spin the hat around and then play the play you, the card down. You know what? He's always going to be a little baby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Rhett. Hi. 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 I'm yeah. practicing my John in case he gets fired mm-hmm. today. I today Anna and I went to Chick Fil A and we drove up to the window and I had my thing went down and went hi and then she went oh my god <laughs> and just freaked out for a second and then she was like oh I'm so sorry you just surprised me for some reason I swear that's never happened before did you tell them to hold the bigotry on your order <laughs> no oh, yeah. taste. well you're, you're, in, you're in Florida so I think they like all orders just come, <laughs> it comes <through> there <laughs> socially unconscious fast fooding <laughs> so uh, Rhett what you, what, you, what you been up to bud uh, I saw a movie called Captain America oh yeah <laughs> the first one oh we oh. watched that the same night when we got home at like 2am from our 11 o'clock showing of Captain America we you watched the first nuts. one again you guys are nuts. You know that our sleep schedule is really fucked. Anna like, fell asleep. All you guys do is all you guys do is consume media, but like but, the same media over and over. Where it's like we yeah. watched the first one again. We watched all of Pokemon for the twelfth <laughs> time. <laughs> for, well, for me, it was I'm going to watch the cap, first Captain America movie for the first time. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Yeah, it's pretty good. I really like the casting of Red Skull. Was As Hugo, Hugo Weaving. Weaving from The Matrix. And I didn't realize that was Hugo Weaving until this viewing. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can see God, that. He's so good. I, I was actually pretty far into the movie before I was like, oh shit, I know who that is. Jeez, I'm an idiot. Mm-hmm. I, I like him in pretty much everything I've seen him in. Yeah. But yeah, that was a good, solid movie. And I don't know, I do think those Marvel movies do kind of start to run together, though. Like, <laughs> yeah. The world is always at stake, and yeah. nope, we save the day in the end. And they're mm-hmm. all, like, three and a half hours long. Yeah. That was one of the first ones, though, at least. And it actually kind of functions on its own outside of kind of the beginning and ending bits, which are very 
sequel tie-in-y. Yeah, the, the ending Stanley was show up totally. Who? Totally kind of oh, bizarre. I, I don't remember seeing Stan Lee. You're right. Oh, what a waste of a Marvel movie. Zero <laughs> out of ten. <laughs> I mean, he is in all of them, isn't he? I don't remember. He is. He cameos in, like, every single one. Weird. Mm-hmm. So the second Captain America, America is... you just didn't notice. Yeah. The second Captain America is probably the best of the Phase 2 movies. Yeah. Yeah, so I was going to say, my track through those movies has been super weird, because I saw the first <laughs> two, Iron Man and Hulk, uh-huh. back when they came out, and then I didn't go to the movies for, like five years yeah oh so the next one i saw was captain america 2 and i'm like holy shit this is awesome (laughs) and then i've just kind of been bouncing back and forth between catching the older ones and the the new ones ones. they come out now so it's like i saw avengers 1 like an hour before avengers 2 or something maybe not an hour (laughs) like within a week and it was just like oh this is this is too much (laughs) getting saturated now and then i saw like thor 1 after both of those, I'm like, oh, okay, this is why this character is kind of cool. I really like Thor 1. It's kind of, like, Hulk and Iron Man 2 are bad, are kind of bad. Yeah. But then Thor is kind of bad in this way that I think is really <laughs> endearing. I think it's endearing just because of the character and the way that character is portrayed, though. Yeah. The best it's, stuff was definitely when he's on Earth and, like, not sh- adhering to social norms where he's just like, this fish out of water. Mm-hmm. Like, that stuff's always funny to me. Exactly. And then everything preceding that, when he's on, like, in Odinland, he's, like, it's completely serious. Yeah. Like, completely fantasy trope. And there's this real earnestness to it that's kind of amazing. <laughs> yeah. Because it's so cartoony, too. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. It's really yeah. ridiculous. And I don't remember exactly, but I'm like, isn't Loki kind of the good guy here? Because he's not advocating for the genocide of this race or whatever. <laughs> Like, it was kind of weird. But, yeah. but then at the very end, he's like, no, I'm going to, let's murder every, all of them. Yeah, and something that like was that. Then that'll make Daddy proud of me. <laughs> oh, my God. I've I only like watched movies. Iron Man 1. That's that like the really only, it's the only Marvel movie I've watched in the last, like, 15 years. <laughs> yeah, I think that me and Sarah are about on the same page as it relates to the Marvel chronology. <laughs> It's actually really funny because in the beginning of Iron Man 1, they have a bunch of characters that start speaking in Arabic and stuff, and I speak Arabic on occasion. Like, I know it. So these guys are all saying all this Arabic stuff, and I just bust out laughing. Because it's all wrong. No, it's actually right. Oh, really? They were they, they were right on the money, and they made like a good joke with it too. Like the the okay. villain at the beginning of the movie makes a joke about like saying "Welcome to my house," but he says it in Arabic, uh-huh. like a saying you would say to someone who's going into their house for the first time. Mm-hmm. And it's just like he's tied up in a prison. You're telling him that? I just busted out laughing. <laughs> Nobody else was laughing. They all just like looked at me. He's like, "What the fuck is wrong with this guy?" And I was just done. <laughs> I was like, "I'm so done with this movie. I love it." <laughs> I mean, if that movie hadn't been really, really, really good, it probably would have. Yeah. Who knows how much it would have taken off. Yeah. Yeah, that movie being amazing, like, made this whole thing seem viable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because then the next Hulk movie wasn't very good. <laughs> and, it, yeah. and, it, and it saved Robert Robert Downey Jr.'s career. Oh, yeah, he was like. He was on like. A path. Yeah, yeah, he was on a bad way uh, uh-huh. before those movies hit. And then they kind of like. Not only, you know, made the whole Marvel thing viable, but made, you know, him a star again and pulled him out of the horrible pit that he had been in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
kind of almost get a sense of that with the character. Yeah, absolutely. Gosh. Uh, so last week, I talked about some things I'd been watching. One was a Netflix show about a lawyer, uh, Better Call Saul. Mm-hmm. And the other was an anime about a boy who plays piano. Yeah. So this week, I watched two things. And by pure coincidence, they happen to be a Netflix series about a lawyer and an anime about a boy who plays piano. <laughs> and I just go, what What just happened? How did you do that? How did you pull this off? So the, the TV the show... The century. The TV show was Daredevil. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, in, in the middle of the first episode, I'm like, oh wait, he's a lawyer. I've watched two shows about lawyers in a row. It, two shows about lawyers in a row. Weird. Like, that's kind of weird, right? Yeah, yep. yeah. And then I happened to start watching an anime called Kids on the Slope, and I'm like, oh, right, this is a thing about music. Oh, he's kind of a dorky <laughs> protagonist with black hair and glasses, and he plays piano. Oh, good. This is, like, the same thing. But, uh, so Daredevil, like, did not actually click for me at all, though. Gotcha. Hmm. Like, it just, it's really slow, and it's like, I don't enjoy this enough to keep going and it's like 13 episodes for season one and i'm just like i've watched a lot of the marvel stuff so it's like the idea of a kind of cheap yeah a whole tv series and it's like the show is weird and that's like taking itself seriously but like super cheesy at the same time like it's trying to be pulpy and it's not Mm. and like it's also really violent Mm-hmm. Like Kingpin. that was, that was the, dour in it. the dourness, the yeah. dourness and the violence is what put us off. Yeah, yeah. Kingpin like literally decapitates a dude, and I'm oh just wow, like, okay, I'm done here. I'm not sure Kingpin ever did that in the comics. He takes a guy and starts slamming his head with the car door. Wow, well, that's good. Until the head isn't there anymore, and I'm just Strike. like, okay. Or would it be a oh. split? <laughs> that would be a split. <laughs> oh, hey, Red. You know what's way better? Yeah, is the Peggy Carter show. Is it's legit. Yeah, it, it's um, a, a mini series, like eight episodes, and it's yeah. about the Peggy Carter character from Captain America after Cap just quote unquote dies. Oh, Agent Carter. Agent yeah. Carter. That's it. Yeah, that's a really good show. Is, is that on Netflix? Uh no, I don't think so. Oh, Sorry. Okay. What's the point? It's probably it's Anna's <laughs> favorite Marvel thing, and just yeah, because every time that, she was in the movie, I'm like, didn't they make a TV series off of this? Because mm-hmm. they keep they say it so much like Agent Carter, Agent Carter. I'm like, are they branding here? Are they trying to get this in my head? It would work for us. <laughs> yeah, that that show is real, really good. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, there's just so much Marvel stuff. Because then it's like I start watching Daredevil. And Netflix is like, hey, you could watch Jessica Jones. I'm like, what is that? It's another Marvel thing. <laughs> Jesus Christ! So, and then and I, Anna watched Shield. almost all of Agents. Anna watched almost all, all of Agents of Shield. Oh, I kind of lost track of it. And then I saw a timeline someone had made online of like the complete chronology of all this shit, and it's just fucking oh, crazy. Oh God. Is it like the Zelda Chronicle thing where it has like 7 billion split-offs and junk like that? <laughs> no, but it started at like the creation of the Infinity Stones. Like, mm-hmm. before existence, there were these six essences, and then they became <laughs> these six stones. I'm like, is this really relevant to where... <laughs> God. Because then yeah. there's all this shit about Asgard, and like they built a portal on Earth, and how this is all discussed in the second oh horror movie that I haven't seen. I'm just like, okay, this is this is too much. The second Thor movie this, isn't very good. 
the Spider-Mans, he punches the dudes. That's that's what I care about. Yeah. <laughs> they allude to Spider-Man's origin in the new Civil War movie, but which isn't has never actually been represented in the Marvel movie canon. It's kind of nuts. Yeah. That's really that's, weird. So that's the I haven't seen Civil War yet. I'm going to see it tomorrow probably. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. The funny thing I, about it is it is not just a crossover with all these characters from other movies like Ant-Man and stuff, mm-hmm. but it's characters that have yet to get a movie like Spider-Man and Black Panther. Yeah, they wow. show up for the first time in this movie. Black Panther's actually really, really good. And yeah, so everyone says so him and Spider-Man, Spider-Man are awesome. Yeah. It's kind of a really cool movie. <laughs> so it's like you've got these characters from past movies and characters from future movies. Like, strange. Yep. Doctor Strange is not in that. Oh, yeah. Doctor Strange is this year. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's so many of these. There's just God. I'm really excited about Doctor Strange. I'm really excited about Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Guardians of the Galaxy was really fun. I want to see that one. That's the only one I might say I'd want to see again. Because mm. I, mm-hmm. I was kind of sleepy when I saw it the first time. I was like, mm-hmm. it's 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 the other best one of the um, yeah. phase two movies, I think. Because what else is there? Oh, I, I like Iron Man 3. Thor 2 is kind of eh. Um, Avengers 2 is really eh. And then Ant Man's really. Okay, never mind. I like most of these movies. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I watched an anime called Kids on the Slope. Yeah. Okay. yeah it's a show about these high school kids, and they kind of form a jazz band thing. Mm-hmm. And they play music, and like the the main character is kind of this real preppy, rich kid. They call him mm-hmm. Richie because it's like a jokey insult. And he has trained in pla- classical piano. And then this other kid is like, no, you got to learn swing and then like how to play jazz. And he gets into the rhythm, and they become friends, and... Then they have tea every day and forget uh, to actually play instruments. So the funny thing is that this show doesn't actually have a ton of music in it, as opposed to Your Lie in April, which was like heavily, heavily focused on piano. Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of a supporting thing in this, where the show kind of ends up being more of a romance. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like it's not a love triangle, but it's like a nobody wins situation. Oh, good. Gotcha. Because it's like it's the best. A likes B, B likes C. C likes D and D likes E, and I'm just like, oh, this is this is, works for nobody. Nobody <laughs> likes anybody. This doesn't work for anybody. God, this so shows like kind of a dr- feelsy drama thing, right? Yeah, definitely. It's okay. yeah, it's not. It doesn't have anything in common with like the Chaos or whatnot. No, it has plot and story and things happening. <laughs> It, yes, it's a drama, I'd say. But does it have eyebrows? Movie eyebrows or King Tear? Uh, I don't think so. It has an interesting style where it's kind of a gradient. Like, it's not harsh shadows. Like, it kind of fades between everything's got a soft glow to it, kind of. That's cool. mm-hmm. That sounds cool. So, I'm on the last episode now. I was almost going to finish it before watching, but, like, it's an okay show. Like, it's not blowing me away. It's it's no You're Lie in April. Mm, off. Mm, mm. I tell you, if you're gonna do gradients in a show, you're you're contending with Manabi Straight, and they did they did yeah. like way like they made those gradients look real good, even though like it was clearly like sort of a way to give the show a better look than it had because it's clearly kind of a budgety show, <laughs> but it, they made that style actually work really well. Yeah, are they trying to pull a shaft? No, I don't really think it's so much as trying to pull a shaft. I think it was just like, you know, like we don't have a great budget for the show. How can we give this show its own identity? <laughs> oh, here is like here's this really cool gradient here. 
and like we shaded a lot of stuff with gradients and it actually looks better than it's actually you know like like it's punching above its weight class a bit mm-hmm. that show was really good and i'm disappointed it never got a license i remember manabi straight just kind of looking at stuff from it from but reading around the smps anime stuff and it was like the first slice of life show that i really gave a shot and then it, like mm-hmm. actually turned out to have like a really good story and a really good yeah. Of these characters going through their high school life and mm-hmm. like how that all ended and like how you have to go your separate ways after high school and it was just like wow this show's actually kind of meaningful. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, so then so I watched like, one more anime, yeah. but I'll let Polly talk about that later. Yeah, we we we, we watched the show together, but I will I'll cover that one in a bit. Yeah, hey, I Rhett. actually watched more anime. Weird, huh? Weird. Yes. <laughs> hey, Red. Yeah. I'm really sorry, and I didn't like your line, April. Well, you'll have to watch it on it's your okay own. Then. John's not allowed to watch it now, though. Yeah, uh, I'll need to watch more, but I don't. I don't it's really okay. pretty. You're like, oh, I'll need to watch it when she's asleep because she's judging that me. Was, I'm like, that was are you joke. putting this show on the same level as Neptunia? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm. It, it's really. It's really like. I love the way John tried to sidestep it, like he's not completely whipped, and it was just like. Oh. <laughs> I'm suspicious of this show. <laughs> I don't like oh, that. I'm suspicious of the word suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you just say, Anna doesn't like it and I can't watch it if she doesn't like it. <laughs> it's, it's, it just starts out like, um, where like, it kind of feels like the dude is, has all these problems and then the magical lady amazingly appeared to make everything better. He does have issues though. Like yeah, I know. Into the show, shit. Yeah, I gotta watch that now. I yeah. I read some of the manga of it, but I have it queued on my anime watcher thingy, but I never got around to watching it. Mm-hmm. There, it sounds it's like it really, really pretty. I really, really like good. the style. And you will cry a bunch at the end. Okay. Oh no, I hate crying in animes. I oh. died. I cried every what? anime. So yeah, oh. I cried every anime. I cried at Civil War. <laughs> <laughs> like this if you cry every time <laughs> the part where spider-man got punched i just <laughs> yo, yo, he's just a kid <laughs> you're you're much better off for watching that the new one since having seen the first i never saw amazing spider-man one and two so yeah no those fuck those movies no one liked them, I think. No. But but the original Spider Man three is like the best work of <laughs> modern film. <laughs> I didn't hate that one, but like in hindsight, ugh. Oy. Coming off Spider Man one and two, which were just great at the time. Plus, you know, if we're gonna let, if we're gonna talk about some of the best this genre has to offer, we have to talk about X Men three. Oh, <laughs> oh good. <laughs> I, I have saw. Words. Well, I think that's where I fell out of love with all comic book movies with X Men. Yeah, yeah. I, Anna Anna's a real big fan of those movies since like the bad ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but I watched X Men one and two with her, and I was like, <laughs> real good. I'm really glad you dig these. <laughs> I think the new ones actually are good, like First Class and Days of Future Past. I really like good. First Class. I, I Days of Future Past was really enjoyable in the yeah. theater, kind of like some of the Marvel stuff where I was like, yes, I'm really enjoying watching this even if it's not something I might want to come back to frequently. And then Deadpool. <laughs> kind of counts. I forgot that counts. 
There are so many fucking superhero movies because I saw Batman versus Superman this year as well. Are there oh. movies made these days that fucking aren't superhero movies? Like at all? Like, I don't know. Time Machine did, 3. Does Ninja Turtles exist? count as superhero? Yes. Yes. Oh, oh, so no. <laughs> Wait, no, I can think of one. I can think of one. Hold on. Ghostbusters. Uh, not superhero ish. <laughs> superhero adjacent. And, and it's terrible SJW crap at that. Oh, not my social Wah. jamboree warriors. So I've noticed a thing lately where, like, every movie is, like, either a superhero thing, but, like, everything is also always a sequel or a remake or kind of both. Yeah. Like, this, the new Ghostbusters is, like, 30 years later. The new uh, Independence Day is, like, 30 years later. Wait, they're making a new Independence Day? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the new Jurassic Park was, like, 30 years later. I'm like, they are just going after our childhoods directly now yeah with mm-hmm. these sequel slash reboots it's yeah. so weird so, so when's a banana and pajamas remake <laughs> where <laughs> the bananas are 30 years old and they're molded into they're not coming down the stairs things. anymore they're falling down the stairs because their hip broke uh, yeah slithering mold bananas ew well, 30 Something... year old bananas bro that's kind of gross i've got a 30 year old banana oh my ah! boom Boom. It is. That's the, podcast, will come out. That's the podcast. That's the podcast. Something new will come out and take the world by explosive storm, and then everyone will and haplessly three. try to imitate it and drive it. Oh, that's the right. There's a new Power Rangers coming yeah. out. Yeah, there's a new Power Rangers. And they've got ha- to have booby plates because that way we know which ones we're allowed to fap to. You mean you're not fapping to the Blue Ranger? Why wouldn't you? Why, would- um, why wouldn't you? Uh. Mm, <laughs> So booby plates? Yeah, they got booby plates. They got booby armor. Why? Girls have booby armor now. Didn't didn't they like that's I, like I said because that way you know which ones it's safe to fap to. But they had like skin tight outfits in the original Power Rangers. You could the tell by their freaking figures. Now. Yeah, they're really ugly. Uh, well, just the whole design for Rita now is just like what? How is that even the same character? Yeah. Oh my god. Movies are... Movies, movies. You know, video games are dumb, but movies are really going fuck to the yeah. ground right now. <laughs> so can we make a new quote, fuck movies, to go with <laughs> fuck video games? I don't see why not. I think we should, like, let's fuck, just put it all under fuck art. Fuck art. I almost take resentment to that, but just almost. <laughs> So I also played that's, now let's get back to our, our <laughs> back to bi-weekly four-hour podcast about media. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is not about video games or movies or TV shows or anything like that. It's just about my dick. There you there go. go. <laughs> Everything else is filler. <laughs> filler to the dick. See, that's a callback so, joke. I'm learning from listening to my brother, my brother and me. There you go. What else you doing, Rhett? I played some video games. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? I played that new Neptunia game, What De- Hyper Devotion Noir. Really? Yeah. Why? And unlike you and Sayara, I played it for like 12 hours and I actually got pretty decently far into it. Yeah, I just wasn't really feeling video yeah. games the last couple weeks. Just kind of been uh, doing other stuff. Mm-hmm. So, uh... Latest edition of the NepNeps. It's got, there's a little bit to unpackage about this, but I'll let you go. I'll let you go ahead. So this game is, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Like, 
I think of the three I've or the four I've played the hyper the rebirth games like this isn't doing it for me quite as much as those were. I skipped Action U because I was just like this looks like a mushy beat 'em up and it was. Yeah. So the biggest issue with this game is of course the male protagonist yeah. who just shows up out of nowhere and kind of ruins everything. Yeah. And it turns Noir into basically a a a, a fangless little puppy. I mean, she doesn't seem horribly out of character. Like, she kind of relied on Neptune a bit in the previous games. But, like, not with the kind of immediacy that she shows yeah. this character. It's just, like, immediately, oh, the guy showed up. I'm weak and frail. Oh, yeah, the whole shares thing was really stupid. Yeah, his, intro- his introduction is horrible, and it gets better, at least. Like, the first couple chapters, like, every time he interjects into the story, like, it's just like, shut up, you don't add anything. Like, he literally says these statements of no value, where he's just, like, explaining what's happening. And he talks way less in later story chapters, which is really nice. Kind of makes you wonder if they kind of got the idea, maybe halfway through production, like, wait a minute, this might not be a real good idea. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he kind of gets relegated to the side thing called, uh... Sim Noir. Sim Noir, yeah. It's, <laughs> and you can, like, Noir gets these requests from civilians, like, oh, what should I do? And you can answer, like, you give her advice on what to answer. So it does still have that aspect. The answers for these are so dumb and random. Yeah, so I don't even look at the guide, though, because I just don't want to just pick the correct answer. Mm-hmm. Which is yeah, like, that's boring. It's really stupid because, like, this is the one place where you get to kind of impart part some of personality into this character. Yeah. Right? Like, choosing your own answers. But then there's literally right and wrong answers. It's yeah. It's like, okay. That's... And I think that, like, isn't part of the actual true ending that you have to get them all right? I think there's an achievement for it. I do not think you have to get them all right because that would oh, be crazy. Yeah, okay. I think the it's true ending really is dumb. just literally 70 lily rank with every every single character which is also equally fucked yeah but apparently getting lily rank with other characters unlocks more events i've gotten a couple with resta so i might i might end up grinding that out if i can find an easy way (laughs) i forgot was a character named resta yeah but she's not a pso PSO reference at all Bullshit. Even though she looks like a phoneural, cast lightning and healing magic. Yep. <laughs> and I will. I demand a refund. Yeah, a net dollar refund. I would probably. <laughs> I would honestly probably refund this game if I didn't have two hours already played on it. Uh-huh. Did you like? Well, I'll, I'll explain why. I'll, I'll explain why as we approach the second half of this conversation. Yeah. So the other thing about this game is that. A lot of the standby characters or like supporting cast isn't in this for some reason. No, where none of the CPU candidates are in it. And How come? None, I don't know. Just because. <laughs> okay. And none of the maker characters are in it besides IF and Compa are yeah. DLC. Yeah. But like Red and Tekken and Five PP, like all of them are not in it. And they are replaced by like fifty billion new characters who represent. Instead of video game companies, they all represent video game franchises. Yeah. So you have, like, the Street Fighter character and the Resident Evil character. And Resta is, like, record of Agarest War, I think. And then, like, the Metal Gear Solid character. Yeah, who's really... They're all real silly. Yeah. She's um, called Lid because Metal Gear Solid. 
I think that's their actual reasoning. Yeah, that is. That's like a two-year-old trying out puns for the first time. Yeah. I would have thought of like a lid of a box or something. <laughs> so mad. I'm mad at video games. The best one is Ein Al. Mm-hmm. Is Final Fantasy. <laughs> oh, oh, that can't be construed any other way. That one's yeah. actually pretty fun. <laughs> I think yeah, I'm gonna be sick. the thing about the game is that the story so far is super predictable, where it's just like each chapter introduces three of these new side characters, and you kind of fight them one by one, and then you get them all to join your party at the end, and then, oh, on to the next chapter. Mm. So it's just kind of like it has this rhythm that's just kind of like so, so predictable, and like the strategy game part is fine, but it's definitely like it's no tactics, it's no it's, fire it's emblem. Very, it's very bare bones. yeah. Like, like it's they, got some interesting ideas, but even then, like like the whole like Lily attack system is basically just like it's Disgaea's attack system. Mm-hmm. But kissing people though. But there's a lot of kissing. Yeah, there is. It's really nice. <laughs> it's really <laughs> nice. Nice. It's just funny in the way you can exploit that, and it just becomes even sillier when you start exploiting it, where you can have, like, one character run forward, and then everyone in the back rows just start kissing (laughs) to charge your EXE attack. (laughs) It's really silly if you just think about it for more than... You've got a team assigned to kissing, while the other character runs forward and activates HDD. Like, your EXE attacks are also use the same meter. So it's just like... One character has, like, their EXE is, like, a 7x7 seven seven explosion. It's, like, completely ri- ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So it's just, like, we're just going to all stand here and kiss while she does that over and over. <laughs> Amazing. I like that there's just, like, a big kissing orgy going on in the background to propel this explosion going <laughs> forward. I mean, really, this is... It's Yurikoma Arashi, the video game. Yeah. Now you're going back to making it sound amazing. <laughs> but like it doesn't seem terrible in any way you know it's just it's like it's not terrible it's just middle of the road maybe mm-hmm. i think the yeah, fact that the, the story road, like being predictable and focusing on all these characters i don't really care about just kind of drags it down and it's not actually written by the actual you know neptunia yeah. like writers meaning mm-hmm. that like some things like characterizations seem a little off mm-hmm. <clears throat> yep. that might have led to the male protag too Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, definitely. <clears throat> blanny, it, blanny, it's definitely blah. interesting being like it focuses on noir and like Neptune as a side character kind of doesn't work. Yeah, she needs, she needs the spotlight because the whole absurdity of Neptunia is you've got a really dumb character as your lead. Yeah, and, and and she's just so oblivious and taking everything like like with as little seriousness as possible. Whereas Noir is just very stoic. Like you got you come into the same problem you have with Rebirth Two, where Nepgear kind of fell flat as a main because she was so stoic and like yeah yeah. So it's definitely interesting seeing neptune from kind of a side perspective where she's just throwing out quips and everyone's ignoring her yeah it's kind of like like you are getting that interesting perspective of oh well there the idiot goes again making sounds (laughs) she even has a line at the end of chapter three where it's like i wasn't in this chapter that much huh (laughs) (laughs) like she's still breaking the fourth wall and then she's like don't worry i'll be in chapter four a lot more 
So it's still got that Neptune charm, I think. Yeah, I don't definitely don't dislike it, but I've kind of not been as excited about it as I was at launch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I kind of knew people. Yeah. Like I went into this game knowing that this is not going to be like rebirth three quality here. No. Yeah. Not. Or even rebirth two quality. Really? Well, I don't know about that. I, might I don't know. Still on the same level. I think rebirth two has still got a lot of charm and hilarity to it. Even, even with Nep gear as a, as a main. Mm hmm. I'm yeah. glad because I've got that one now. <laughs> and you own a Vita, so you can actually play. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 Well, it's not like you'd ever really expect like this weirdo strategy game spinoff to this popular RPG franchise to be any good. To be like really as good as the Yeah, to not actually be developed by the actual you know, yeah. main developers and stuff. Mm-hmm. So. Like, this game exists because of a popularity poll. Mm-hmm. Quite literally. Oh, really? wow. Yeah. She won a popularity poll, and she got the next game. Oh, <laughs> and they just decide strategy game? I guess. Like, it was just like, hey, Sting, want to make a game for us? And they were like, okay. Oh, I forgot it was Sting. That's kind of cool. Because <clears throat> yeah. they have this weirdo library of games, right? Yeah, they're, they're, I have no idea what they do. They've got a weirdo library of games, but their forte is definitely in the strategy genre. Gotcha. The biggest mistake I made was looking up all the Civilization Five mods that are <laughs> Neptunia themed right before playing this. Because Cash eighty six mentioned that last week, and I'm like, that seems like a really good fit. And then I looked, and like they completely blew away my expectations. Mm-hmm. Where it's like you have custom battle units that are like Dogus hopping around, or like Nepgear has like a robot army. <laughs> And so like, it's basically yeah. like everything this game could have been to represent yeah. like, the console war as it's being presented. Yeah. Like, so story-wise, like, in this game, you get the five, the four CPUs on your team right away. Yeah. And it just seems like, shouldn't you have built up to that a little bit? Like, the whole premise of, like, the console war and, like, like taking over their territory and, like, having these big battles against them, it just is so not what I expected. Yeah. Because, like, the other games have this rhythm where you start in Plan Neptune, and then you go to the PlayStation, then you go to Leanbox and Lowey, and, like, you meet all the leaders that way. And, like, Rebirth 3 has a th- the first arc of that game, builds up to the fight against Blonde. Yeah. And then you get her on your team, and it's kind of cool. And, like, this just gives you those characters right away, and it's just kind of strange. I kind of like thinking of this game as a bit of, like, Noir's having a dream, and that's, that's this <laughs> game. Because she's the main character, and everybody's, like, wanting to be on her side. It's like, yeah, okay, that's that. Maybe yeah. if I just think of this game's story as, like, yeah, that, that's it. It's just Noir's big fever dream. Poor Noir. Yeah. Yeah, it just feels like the story of this game starts with the other three nations, like, in their last-ditch effort to stop her from taking over everything. Like, shouldn't that have been how the game actually ended? Yeah, <laughs> where you did take over the entire map through the game, and then this was the final battle. Like, it's just mm-hmm. really weird. What if that is the ending, and it's a just tragic gonna, like time loop bullshit on you? Oh no, <laughs> the tragic final battle where Noir's is undone by her own greed. <laughs> oh god, it ends with an unwinnable, unwinnable battle against the other three nations. <laughs> I'd take it. That's the true end. There you go. I've never actually played a Sting RPG. I've just, like, admired them all. Like, what's up? It's like, oh, they made Riviera the Promised Land. Yep. They made that game's Baroque. really good. Cool. They made Baroque for the mm-hmm. Sega Saturn and then the Wii. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. They made Knights in the Nightmare. 
another really good game. Cool. They made the two RPGs for the Dreamcast that I have heard never from anybody else except from Eric John, um, Evolution and Evolution 2. Mm-hmm. Oh. Wait, Evolution's my sting? Yep. Yeah. Oh, I loved Evolution. Yay! I I was really afraid I was going to list these off because I've been kind of eyeing these for a while, and you'd be and y'all would be kind of no. Like, they've got a solid uh, catalog, so it was like gotcha. when you put when you put Sting behind a Neptunia game, I thought you know like this can't be bad because Sting mm-hmm. is really good. Cool. Yeah, that that is a bunch of games I've heard of and never played any of them though. Yeah, <laughs> like their catalog is mostly really damn solid. Yeah, probably Riviera. Probably Riviera is the one I want to check out the most. Though. Yeah, that game's really so cool. Good. Really, I think Baroque really was the first game that got written about on Zeal, which was really cool. Cool, mm-hmm. cool. Um, that, 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 the 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 Hyper Devotion Noir release does have some issues, though. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, this game's kind of like a bit of a mess on the PC, unfortunately. Mm. Um, they like. like the 30 frames a second thing I don't give a shit about because I never have and never will. Yeah. But you get used to it real quick. You get used to that. And it's it's a strategy game, man. Who fucking cares? You're not you worried have, about like, it. Scenes in 60 frames per second, You're 1080 not... HD. <laughs> They're static images. <laughs> it doesn't matter. But um but the game has like a very very common issue with video and audio codecs that have stopped people from being able to play the game at all. Um, yeah. And, it and like, I had to go through, like, installing a C3 filter, grabbing the mega version of the K-Lite codec pack to have it uninstall a C3 filter and install its own codec, and then, oh, okay, now it finally fucking works. But there are so many people, but there are, like, other issues in the game where, like, the disc dev menu just crashes people for some reason. Uh, sometimes enemies will get their turn and never do anything for some people. Um, what? Sometimes, look, or, or uh, actually, like, I think it's, like, any DLC character, if you look at their status screen during a battle, it will crash the game. It's just there are a lot of really busted <clears throat> problems that should have not made it onto a final release... And the problem is, Idea Factory has not addressed these issues. And uh, we're coming up on two weeks of the game's release, and they have said not a word. Uh, there have yeah, been no patches. They've just said nothing. And now they're trying to sweep it under the rug with something we'll talk about uh, in the news section. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, it sounds like they're just trying to sweep this release under the rug. Um, unfortunately, that's a bummer. But like, if it works for you, you know, hey, that'll be a good. You're, you know, you're in for a decently good strategy RPG. It sounds like works for you in that yeah. if it actually literally works. Yeah, if it actually literally yeah. works. Yeah, because there's a video file in the intro, and if you can't play videos, the game just closes. And that's yeah, what's like happening to me and Polly the first day until we installed this filter to fix it. Yeah, the sucks. the issue is it's like the 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 um. The Idea Factory logo and the Compile Heart logos are videos, as is the the opening video. Those can be skipped with the start button, so you can skip past them crashing. But yeah. then you get to the actual opening cutscene of the game, and you can't skip that. So yeah. the game just halts. Like the game doesn't crash. It's just the video halts, and you there's no way to get past that point. And yeah, that's one of my like. First- one of my first tweets was just like, boy, the load times in this suck. And then like, yeah. five later, <laughs> oh, wait uh... a minute. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of a bummer to see how they've not really dealt with these issues. Like, because like, like, like 
they had a bumpy road with the first Rebirth game, and then they more or less got it sorted out for the rest of their releases uh, up until this one. And now it's just like, oh, we don't know what to fucking do. I kind of expected that because obviously the first three Rebirth games were all in the same engine. Yeah. So this one was going to be different, but I di- didn't expect it to be this rough. Yeah. It's... I had a weird issue where, and this has happened twice now, so it kind of semi-repeatable, mm-hmm. where using Noir's special actually caused all sound to stop, but then the frame rate became uncapped. What so the it was fuck? super fucking weird. That's <laughs> really weird. So I was playing the game with no sound, but it was running like 60 frames a second, but in double speed because yeah. it's not designed for that. So yeah. everything was going super fast. I'm like, I'm just going to finish up and save and hope this hope fixes itself. Just, do a, just yeah. do a quick save and exit and come back. Yeah, because the first time it happened, I had no idea. Even weirder is that both times the attack I had used was going to kill the final enemy of the map. So it oh. wasn't a huge deal. But it's just like such a weird specific thing, like using Noir special on the final enemy, maybe. <laughs> That's so weird. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, uh, uh. More about that later. What else have you been into? Uh, I've been playing Tearaway Unfolded mm-hmm. on the PS4. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I talked about this a few months ago when I played the demo, and I was like, this is the greatest demo ever. This is this game's amazing. Right. So now I have the full game because it was super cheap on, over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Yes, this game is super amazing. <laughs> Explain so it. Cool. What is this game? What so, a twist. Tearaway, the original, was a PlayStation Vita game. And it's a 3D platformer, but like they really wanted to use the special features of the Vita to kind of bring you into this world where there's, yeah. a ton of, there's a lot of touch stuff, there's a lot of camera usage, and they ported that game to PS4 because the Vita is a dead platform. Yeah. And they kind of had to adapt all the special features into the PS4 version, and they do a pretty good job at that. But, like, you can kind of see how... touchpad and stuff. Yeah, yeah, you use the touchpad, but, like, you can see how some of the stuff, like, obviously would have made more sense on the Vita. Yeah. Because, like, there's things where... Like, the touchpad on the PS4 is kind of a button as well, so you can press it and then release it. Mm-hmm. So there's things that only happen when you release it, so I think that's kind of trying to simulate the rear touch. Because it's a, it's pressing upwards the motion. Oh, I see. Yeah. So you kind of hold and then release, and then it bounces up. Gotcha. And then, like, there are these enemies that you jump on them, and then they flip over, and then you have to press the touchpad to kill them. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that would have made much more sense on the Vita, where you actually had to press on them to kill them. Yeah. And then there's a lot of, uh, like, you can use the light bar. Like, there's that weird glowy thing on the ps4 controller mm-hmm. like you can hold that up to the screen and it makes a little flashlight and then you have motion controls with that so that works fine with the controller mm-hmm. and one of the other probably my favorite kind of gimmick that they have in it is that you can pick an enemy up with your character in the game throw it towards the screen and it'll fly from them through the screen into your controller that's and really cool you can feel the controller start to rumble and then like sound will come out of it. Like if you throw a squirrel in there, it'll rattle around <laughs> and then you can shake the controller and it'll start squeaking louder. Like, let's stop it. <laughs> and then you kind of flick the touchpad to throw it back at the screen. That's pretty cool. So that's it. It sells it really well. And I'm like, did this exist in the Vita version? Like, I don't get how that would. Yeah, I don't see work. how you would get a, an effect like that on a portal. Yeah. So they definitely did things to it to make it kind of make more sense within reason on the ps4 mm-hmm. and just it's a good 3d platform like it's really cute and inventive and there's a lot of like 
moments where they'll ask you to draw something. Yeah. So, like, the first thing they ask you to draw is, like, a crown. And when I played the demo, I just did, like, three triangles, like a super lazy crown. Mm-hmm. And then in this, I'm like, I'm going to try to be a little more creative with it. So I tried to draw the, uh, what's it called? Like, the the Delta Rune from Undertale. Oh, wow. Which was a much more complicated Yeah, design. that's a bit of a, that, that's. Yeah. yeah. So I made a really shitty version of that because you can't have gaps. So it had to be kind of compressed a little bit. Yeah. But now that symbol shows up all over the game because it's like the royal like the royal symbol of the squirrels is uh. the Delta Rune from Undertale. <laughs> so that's funny. And then at one part they like, oh, draw a face for the scarecrow. So I drew a little Polly. <laughs> and then that starts showing up all over the game world. And I'm like, this is really ridiculous. That's really cool though. I mean it's kind of yeah. like those um those what that one game by those people that made uh the stuff. Yeah, the stuff. Not like what the what was that fucking game where like you drew like you named like like oh, scribble drawn to life drawn to life yeah. Okay. yeah drawn to life where like it's kind of like similar ideas where like you would like draw a tree and like okay that's the those are the trees in this forest now it had things like that too yeah. oh yeah they totally do that in this where they're like draw me a cloud and then it actually populates the world with clouds that you drew that's cool so I was dumb and actually drew a cloud and i'm like oh yeah that looks normal (laughs) that looks like a normal boring cloud yeah because then they did oh draw a snowflake and i drew like the worst fucking snowflake (laughs) oh no where i kind of ran out of space so it was kind of a semicircle Mm -hmm. but then when you see a a whole bunch of those fly by i'm like oh that looks really cool but like you can pause it and be like nope that's the one i drew though (laughs) that's that ugly thing i drew yeah but it looks great when kind of in motion and all shrunk down and there's like 10 of them flying by game of the year yeah it's it's neat so i was about six areas in and they're acting like it's about to end and i'm like i don't want this game to end and then of course there's a twist and like the level select page kind of folds out and oh you're actually only halfway through oh wow that's really cool yeah so that's i kind of stopped there because i didn't want to burn through this real quickly because like the aesthetic only goes so far. Like it's kind of like, yeah, I get it. It's amazing looking world made out of paper. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of putting that on hold for a bit. Kind of like gotcha. you do. Kind of like you do when you play, um, you know, the 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 uh, Kirby's Epic Yarn. That's you, yeah. You, you want to savor that because there's savor it. Uh, yeah, yeah, because the art style is just so incredibly well realized. Like those Nintendo games they've been making recently with like, yeah. the clay style or the yarn yarn. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then finally, I finished up Mad Max. The Mad Max saga comes to a close. Speaking Half- of games, we only mentioned once and then never again. And never again. So there's just two parts I want to mention on this. Yeah. Right. The first is that there's actually a really clever thing they do in this game where they invent a new horror genre. What? So, okay. like, think about what's good in kind of old horror video games. Like... Limited controls, like Resident Evil had, Uh like, the tank controls, and, like, not being able to attack your enemies very well. Mm -hmm. So in this game, there are a couple sections where you drive underground through these narrow areas, and using a car is actually incredibly effective at creating horror, I found. Because, like, in these areas, all you can see is what's lit with your headlights, Mm -hmm. so that's kind of creepy, and then you're, like, constantly going into reverse and turning around, and it's just like, oh, these controls are even worse than tank controls. Oh, no. 
like but it works because it's trying to be scary and it's kind of tense and you're just like kind of creeping forward and not having total control over your movement if an enemy comes right and then like when an enemy comes like you only have on the car you have your grappling hook and your rockets and admittedly the rockets aren't super scary but like they accidentally hit two good things where one of them has extremely limited ammo Mm -hmm. and the other one has like a a large recharge time Mm. so it's kind of scary right yeah and then just the whole natural thing of like if these guys actually get to the car they like swing open your door and throw you to the ground and like that's fucking terrifying as well Jeez, a new level in vehicular horror (laughs) (laughs) so i'm just kind of like man like an indie dev could totally take this idea of doing a a horror game where you're in a car and like actually do something with it yeah yeah that'd actually be kind of cool because just the whole limited controls thing like actually makes it work in a funny way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and the other thing I want to talk about this game is the Uh-oh. freaking ending. <laughs> and you told me about this ending, and I gotta say, it's an ending! But we're gonna go ahead and say now, if you plan on playing Mad Max, <laughs> skip ahead by like, make five minutes or so, because I'm letting Rhett spoil this bitch. Holy shit. Go for it. <laughs> so, you know how in games where you have a silent protagonist... There are. There's usually a really talkative character who kind of takes over. Yeah. For the role, like in Legend of Zelda: uh, Twilight Princess, it was Midna, and like in Okami, you had that really talkative, like grasshopper guy. Like Half Life Two has Alex. Yeah. So like, there's always the buddy character. Mm-hmm. So in this game, your buddy character, like Max, barely talks. He's not a silent protagonist, but he pr- may as well be. Mm-hmm. So you have this uh, mechanic who works on your call on your car called chum bucket mm-hmm. it's not the i've most seen a video i've seen um, i watched a noah caldwell gervais episode on this game so i've kind of seen a lot of the yeah. stuff we're talking about so chum bucket is great he's like the spirit of the game like he's the only kind of upbeat enjoyable character because he's kind of crazy like he worships this car like it's his god yeah <laughs> like praise be the the you know <laughs> Like, he's very, he's really into this car. Yeah, yeah. So the ending of this game, Max uh, is mad. He wants to kill the final boss, who's, like, in this big truck, and the truck is hanging off the edge of a cliff. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. For some goddamn reason, even though your car has, like, grappling hooks and rocket launchers, Max decides he's going to sacrifice the car to ram it off the cliff. <laughs> no! Chum Bucket then gets on the hood of the car begs you to stop and then it goes into a first person view <laughs> from the driver's seat and the only button the game will let you press is the right trigger to hit the accelerator no you drive forward slam your car into the enemy chum bucket flies off the hood lands in a puddle of oil and like gets set on fire while he's like crying no! and screaming and then <laughs> i'm just like this whole game, you destroy the car you're working for, you kill your buddy, and it's all for nothing. Like, what the fuck kind of ending is that? No! That's about the dumbest fucking ending I've heard in a while. And then immediately, and then the credits roll, and immediately afterwards it goes into the post game, <clears throat> where Chum Bucket and your car are just right there, like nothing happens. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, you fuck video games. That's that's God. dumb as fuck, really. Yeah, I was. It's 
it just made Max look like such an evil asshole that he would do that. Yeah, the, the, especially like like you said, you've got rockets, you've got a grappling hook. Yeah. There. Surely there's a better way to tilt this other vehicle off yeah. of a fucking cliff. Like a rocket might fucking do it. Yeah. And it's really bad because it ends up being nothing because as the truck is falling off the cliff, another car drives out of the back of it. And then the oh. final boss fight starts. Fucking get out of here. So he died for nothing. <laughs> Oh my god. And then you take that car after killing the final boss and drive away. That game sounds like the most yeah. bland, boring, stupid game ever. I think the car stuff, like, it has moments, but it kind of never came together for me. Like, the fact that it doesn't have the thing from Just Cause where you can jump between vehicles, mm-hmm. like, that would have been really good in this. Because there are these convoys of, like, eight cars driving in a straight line together. Like, you could have done platforming with that, and it would have been fucking cool as hell. Think of how cool that shit was in Sleeping Dogs. Yeah. Or Just Cause 2. Or Just that's Cause 2, yeah. That, that they made. That's a game that they actually were involved with the creation of. Yes. So, yeah, like, the final, the first form of the final boss is, like, this big convoy. And it's just kind of like, yeah, I, I roll up, and I shoot the grappling hook and tear off their wheels. One Yay. by one. And it's just kind of repetitive. Like... I just I wanted more from that game than I got, I think. Mm. So that's what I've been up to. Right, right, Ooh. right. Well, I've been into things. I'll have you know. Ooh, it's, boy. Not, it's not the end of this podcast yet. I think you know what's time to bring it back to, though. I think it's time for everybody's favorite part of the Sox cast. Everybody loves Polly's boring musical dumb shit. I think it's, I think it's what we've resorted to calling it. I like Polly's musical dumb shit. All right. Well, we got, we got one on board. I know somebody's going to at least be listening with intent to never actually check out anything I talk about, but he'll at least be interested. I don't listen to music unless it's part of, like, a webcomic I'm reading. Oh, my <laughs> be God. Ridiculous. Uh, so uh, I'm sure that there are people in our audience. Actually, I know there are people in our audience that listen to so, some pretty out there hip-hop music. Uh, new Aesop Rock album dropped uh, this past... I want to say um, he's a he's kind of a um, very prolific um, kind of guy. Like he's got a very dense vocabulary. His is his rhyming style is not quite what you expect from a normal uh, hip hop guy because he's just full of facsimiles and full of just like endless similes and endless metaphors that, that just you know, that tie his albums together that like when you listen to one of his albums you're not like you know it's kind of a journey you you want to sit down with a lyric book afterward and just like decompress all of this because what does that all mean what did you just like you like it, it's it's like uh, we call it on the the album listening club we've come to call it word vomit which is a you know that's yeah, it's, it, and it's not a bad thing because the guy is technically skilled to pull off, you know, like what he's doing. You know, it's just he has a very interesting way to tell his stories and to, you know, th- that's his style. And it's a style that's worked for him for, I want to say it's close to 20 years now. Like this guy's got an extensive history in doing what he does. And like, I don't think the guy's ever seen a shred of mainstream success and he's still going. So, you know, you got to admire that kind of spirit. But his new album, The Impossible Kid is probably his best work in, I want to say, the last five or so years. Like, I wasn't big on Skeleton. I kind of liked a bit of Hail Mary Malin. Um, 
But this is kind of the album where I think that uh, he learned to self-edit a little. Um, and, and it's kind of interesting. Like he, like It is as, as lyrically dense and verbose as his other albums, but it's pulled back a bit. Whereas like on a lot of his earlier albums, you'd get these very dense, motor-mouthy, four to seven minute songs i don't think that there's a track on this album that's over four minutes like so he's kind of like learned to scale it back and like he's not going as verbose as he used to like um and and i think that he goes over that like as a topic of one of the songs it's uh it's called shrunk and it's about talking to a shrink and like he's talking to this shrink and you know in, in the context of the song about like you know, not being understood and, you know, being depressed that, like, people don't get it sometimes. And, like, you know, then, like, he, as the shrink, fires back. Well, it's just like, you know, if you didn't speak in so many metaphors and, like, your own, you know, unique language, maybe people would be able to connect with you more. And it sort of feels like that was sort of, like, an idea going into how he wanted to write this album and put it all together. And I think it's just... It really is. And I think that uh, like, like you can actually like listen to a song now and actually get a story the first time you hear the song and not have to like go back a few times and rewind that. Um, and, and it's just like, you know, it's it's uh, you know, it's like a 15 track album that feels like a 10 track album because, you know, it gets in, does its thing. Gets out. It just it just feels really well polished and and kind of chopped down to all of the necessities where there's like just not a lot of excess. There's not a lot of excess in the album. It's just really well put together. Uh, and I think that it's his best work in years. Um, that said, I still think like a lot of his older albums like float and none shall pass definitely still, uh, hold water. I just think that this is the most exciting project that he's done in a long time. Um, and the production is really, really top notch. Like just like, it's not, his typical kind of production you hear him on either. Like it really feels like he wanted to take a a different kind of musical direction with this album, like in terms of his style and his production and his lyrics. And it's just, it's just a really good, really good overall album. Aesop rock, the impossible kid. Don't go listen to it. Cause I know you won't. Uh, so I played some video games. We're going to talk about those now. How do you guys feel about video Mm. games? I think we can do that. All right, back to the not boring stuff. <laughs> uh, so I got some thoughts on Hyperlight Drifter. Oh, I forgot about this one. Yeah. This is a game that I'm going to have to come back to at some other point because I am clearly not in the mindset for it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a game like where the more I played it, the more I felt like I was just kind of being drugged along by a leash through every indie game trope i've seen in the last five years Mm. it's like hey here's a field trip like hey here's random vague stuff happening isn't that weird and mysterious isn't that going to be your driving force for going forward but it probably won't end up meaning jack shit in the end it's just that's the kind of feeling i'm getting from that album is that it's or not that album but that game is that Mm -hmm. it feels like it's trying to be deeper than maybe it actually is and it's kind of just really rubbing me the wrong way. Like it's it's one of the first times in five years, seven years, however long it's been of enjoying this really big indie renaissance where I felt like, oh boy, this is an indie game. Gotcha. Like I've just not felt that deflated about a game for a while, and I think mm. that I need to come back to it. 
with a different mindset because if I continued trying to force my way through it, I would not. I, I would be doing it for the sake of doing it, and I wouldn't, and you know, I wouldn't be able to find something about it that I do enjoy if there is something there that I mm-hmm. do enjoy. Because like right now, I just don't know. Like, yeah. um, like I think that like the combat is very. Uh, one-dimensional like i don't think there's really a lot to it even though a lot of people think there is it's just it's just kind of hard and that's really it mm-hmm. it's like i remember like i've fought two bosses and it's like 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 it's like Learn really these patterns. But yeah it's basically just like oh okay i just need to know when i need to shadow dodge out of the way right and then i go and attack three times and then shadow dodge out of the way some more right Okay, I see what you're doing, game. Oh, look, here's a weird, here's weird and mysterious stuff happening after the boss. It doesn't make any sense at all, does it? Isn't that cool? Don't, aren't you intrigued? And I'm like, no, not right now. No, <laughs> you're actually just kind of boring me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't want to feel that way about this game, but, you know, let's, let's, let, I, I'm going to have to revisit that one down gotcha. the road because. It's everything about it just was like rubbing me the wrong way after I completed uh, my second area. I was just like, "You're you're pushing it, game. You're you are literally showing me everything every other indie game, good or bad, has shown me in the last five years." Mm-hmm. Do you think if it had come out in like 2012 or 2013, it would have been way more? more poignant? Probably it would have probably yeah. like like if it had been out at the same time as something like Bastion. Mm-hmm. It would have probably actually been able to hold its own a lot more. But, like, we've had so many indie games now that I think kind of rise above that kind of storytelling and that kind of narrative and those kind of hooks into a world Mm -hmm. that I don't think that it needs to be used as a crutch anymore. Like, there's something about using vagueness as a narrative device when it earns it. And I just don't feel that this game is earning it for some reason. Like, it just feels like it's showing me all of this weird graphic imagery because... Well, that's what other things are doing. Like, it doesn't really feel like it's got much, many ideas of its own. Mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed playing it, mm-hmm. um, and I felt satisfied narratively coming off of the conclusion. Mm-hmm. I haven't really thought about it at all since. <laughs> that's the kind of thing. Like, I noticed that this game had so much hype to the point to where it came out, and then it came out and just dropped off the fucking radar. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's talking about this game. Yeah, this just doesn't seem like a whole lot to talk about. Like, I, I feel like that vague imagery actually holds it together into, like, mm-hmm. sort of like, oh, yeah, there's this little story. If you think about it for a bit. But then, like, I didn't really get much out of that story. Yeah. I, see, there, I, I, it I holds think, together. I think that's what might be the thing is, like, I'm just not getting a lot out of it. Like, I don't really mm-hmm. feel a connection to it at all. Like, I'm just I'm just playing a video game. Mm-hmm. Like, even literally Sword and Sorcery had moments in it that were, like, oh, I'm, I'm like, feeling something in my heart space right now. Mm-hmm. And that and that was enough to make me kind of come away from it feeling like I had a nice time with that. Um, so, there's it's sort of in that vein of, like, the journey, but journey has just all this pathos, you know? Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot that goes into Journey, though. Mm-hmm. That, that that's more than just 
you know, like there's so much to unpack with that game that it's mm-hmm. ridiculous. Whereas I don't, whereas like I, I feel that Hyperlight Drifter wants me to think that there's a lot to unpack here, but there's really not because it's actually pretty simple and straightforward. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of being vague for the, 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 the express purpose of being vague and having a reason to use weird imagery and mm-hmm. an art style just because, you know, it, it's yeah. what works right now. It's like an ending that like feet that like oh I feel I yeah this is a this is, concludes things so it's not like the bullshit limbo ending right right yeah <laughs> but it's called limbo <laughs> but so uh, so but then you know it just I still don't really feel a whole lot I'm I'm wondering now if um if it had like I had that kind of formal complaint of like. I felt like the last dungeon didn't really feel like a last dungeon. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm wondering if it had fixed that, would I still have come away from it kind of cool? Um, or would that have, was that really all there was to it that was making me feel weird? Or was it, there's some more to it than that? Yeah. So I don't know. I think it just might be that it falls into kind of the stagnation of like indie games at the moment. Mm-hmm. Really, I think that might just be what it is. Is that like so many indie games have done this very yeah. same thing that yeah. Hyperlight Drifter goes for? That it's just like I'm kind of numb to it now. Mm-hmm. What is the place of Hyperlight Drifter in the post Undertale world? <laughs> <laughs> I think even like games that are really weird and vague, like Fez. Like, what does mm-hmm. all of that mean? And I think that I get more out of that oh. than I am getting mm-hmm. out of Hyperlight Drifter. Mm-hmm. I'm making a really weird, vague game, but I still hope it's <laughs> nice. <laughs> the yeah. way you talk about this kind of reminds me of the way I felt about Titan Souls, where yeah. there was a lot of kind of pretty architecture that was just there and like kind of seemed to be hinting towards things that didn't really exist. Yeah. Ooh, is, yeah. Same, same with the boss fight, at least from what I remember with the demo. Mm-hmm. Like, these boss fights are pretty exciting, but it really does just kind of come down to like. Memories. I don't know. I'm sorry. That one moment where you are trying to fight the where you fight, trying to figure where out you, these patterns. Where you where you land the hit. Yeah. You know, like that one moment. It's like that's all there really is to that game is that one moment. Hmm. Not. It's just so weird to talk about because like all Dark Souls is learning patterns and all Mega Man is is learning patterns. So. Is it's like yeah. how how much is this masking? Yeah, is this feeling more alive than that? I guess. Yeah. So yeah, Hyperlight Drifter. I'm gonna come back to it like mm-hmm. with a fresh. Are mind. you? Yeah, I am gonna come back to it with a fresh mind at like mm-hmm. some point. I'm gonna start all over, give it another mm-hmm. chance to click with me. You know, sometime yeah. before the year's out. But like right now, it's just like for some reason that game just bounced off of me in a violent way, and it was just mm-hmm. like I, I better not continue playing this, or I'm going to. Just like I'm going to be completely close-minded to it. Mm-hmm. I so really I think- enjoyed it as an action game, honestly. Like I really enjoyed the levels and how they kind of mess around with that combat and how the bosses play out. Mm. Mm. Um, cool. Yeah, I think it holds together pretty solidly there. That which made it more disappointing when they were like kind of wishy-washy about that with the patches. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm just thinking like the way the critical response to this is kind of been to ignore it post-release it's like maybe this game just isn't very good i don't know yeah i mean it's it's, it's okay. even though all the reviews were like yeah like you said nobody has talked about this game since like a couple days after it came out yeah 
there's one like glowing review that started off with like on like a major website that was start off with a single sentence paragraph saying hyper light drifter is the epitome of polish. And I was, uh, 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 that's like the worst word to use. Yeah. Especially when they then did all those patches. Yeah. Uh To like redo and undo all of the difficulty. This is like, come on guys, like Mm -hmm. have, have some conviction here, stand Mm -hmm. by it. Or, you know, come on. And it is kind of, it is like pretty, really solidly put together for the most part and like polished in the extent, but like highlighting that. No. Like, it's just like the, oh no, that's not, that's not what I really care about though. Yeah. I like messy games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah. That's that game. And then I played uh, the early access game called 20XDX. Ooh. This is a this is a Mega Man X kind of game. Oh, is it like Mega Man? Yeah, it's kind of very much it's like kind of like Mega Man. Mega Man. Yeah, it's got a it's got a few similarities uh, to the Mega Man games you might know. <laughs> uh, it's an action platformer where you know you shoot, you got a charge shot, and you can dash, and you can wall jump, and everything feels very specific. Um, but it's a roguelike. <laughs> so Wait, is it? Yeah, it's a roguelike. Oh, I guess it kind of is, huh? Yeah, it's a roguelike. All of the levels are randomly generated. Every like you go on runs basically. Um and this game is kind of weird. Uh but I can understand mm-hmm. some of its weirdness given the fact that it is an early access game. Mm-hmm. Um they're they're kind of like their main um I, I guess the thing they're pushing the most about this game is that it's co-op and then it has online co-op and it, it works mostly fine. You know, mm-hmm. that's fine, but I can't really find much of a reason to really play it co-op because it's basically just like, okay, I'm playing Mega Man and there's just somebody else here with me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really add anything. And it's kind of hard when your levels are randomly generated to really add, like, how do you make a co-op experience with so much like random stuff happening? Like it doesn't yeah. really, it doesn't really work. Yeah. Like I played, I played about, an hour and a half of it with Andrea and uh, like it was decent enough, but I, I had way more fun with it when I started just exploring with it on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, that seems like it'd be true of most roguelikes really. Yeah. If, they have, just, if you shoehorned a, like a sp- co-op mode into like Splunky or something. <laughs> well, they did. See, I think Splunky would they be did? good if it was competitive as hell. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's right. Splunky does have. Yeah. You finished. But it's a mess. Off. Yeah, it's kind of... It's a mess because the camera only shows one player. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Binding of Isaac, Afterbirth, and Rebirth have a co-op too, but it's gotcha. implemented really weird. Mm. Babies! Yeah, you got like you have little co-op babies that the other player plays as, and like in order to actually use them, like you have to steal a heart from the main character. So it's just, I think uh, that makes sense. That's fine. Yeah. It's like Contra, you're stealing a life from your buddy. But, <laughs> like, you didn't have any lives to lose in the first place, so why are you stealing them? <laughs> you Like, you didn't die already, you're just taking life in order to actually play the game. I feel that they could have handled uh, that a bit better. The first okay. one should be free. Yeah, gotcha. like, they could have handled that better. Um, but yeah, so um, this people is... People definitely need to make Mega Man games, since Capcom won't, and <laughs> KG Inafone won't. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and this is actually pretty solid. I mean, this game feels at, like the the part. Like it, it it is very solid. Feels great to play. Like the dashing, the movement, like everything about it. They've got it nailed down. Uh, they've got their own 
set of power-ups and like you've got a bunch of unlockable stuff that you know can start randomly appearing in the game which keeps giving you more reason to play the game because like you know when you're playing like you go on a run it's like you collect these soul bolts or soul nuts soul nuts of course it's nuts because how many nuts jokes did we make during that stream (laughs) um and at the end of your run, whether you succeed or fail, like you, there is no end game right now. So after you complete the first eight stages, you just win. Um, but then you like you go, you get kicked back to the main hub world, and you can go spend those to on unlocks, or you can spend them to give yourself like cool advantages to start your next run. So you've got a choice of like, do you want to unlock stuff, or do you want to like want your next run to have like a big advantage starting out so that's kind of a a cool little system i think you know it's got that it's got that hook of keeping you wanting to play um you you start out uh you always start out in a random area and then Mm -hmm. after that at the end you get three capsules uh that that will warp you to three different uh area three different new areas uh but at the end you will ultimately be playing all stages anyway and the only thing that's different is the later in a run that you play a stage the harder it is uh and it goes with like the ball like the bosses will get faster they will get new attacks they will get new forms and things like that so it's kind of interesting and after you beat a boss you get a a power up you can either get the power up that was inspired by that boss or you can like take a bonus to your health or to your soul nuts things like that uh so you get you get you get some options in how you want to build your character along the way um, along with all of the random stuff that you'll find, and there are shops you can find in all of the stages and stuff. Uh, but right now, I think that uh, the game has a big problem with its balance, in that I think that like once you get past stage three or four, um, they start adding like the enemies you fight sort of get upgraded to a new tier so that they're way harder. But they also start adding in new stage hazards, which are kind of like, they can be uniformly dropped into every stage. Like there are these spikes that you run by that'll just start falling or following you, things like that. And, uh, or like they'll add more lasers that you have to dodge and things like that, or more moving platforms, more disappearing blocks. And I think that at a point it starts just getting way too hard because there's way too much stuff to avoid. And it, it gets really kind of nonsensical by the time you're in the final stage, and you just kind of like, I'm just going to tank through everything because I've got the health to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it just kind of like became really unfun by that point, and I don't know how they like, like, how do you scale an endgame past that if like I already hate how this game feels like once you've completed like the main set of stages. Like, I'm kind of worried about how they're going to hopefully fix that or if they do see a problem or don't I, I you know i don't really know i know that they're like you know they're this game is getting updates like it, it has been getting updates for you know every two weeks for two years so like they've been pretty hard at work on it for sure you know like mm-hmm. i think it's definitely kind of like the nuclear throne thing where like the developers are definitely they're there they're paying attention you know so so i can't really write it off as saying like i hate it yet i will say though they need to take the Sky Palace stage, open it in the editor, like highlight all that shit and delete it. Because nothing about that stage is fun at all. It's literally just like, hey, do you like moving platforms? Do you like moving platforms with a lot of stage hazards? Do you like falling all the way down and having to fight your way through the entire level all the way over again? Mm. Imagine how that feels. Uh. Imagine how that feels co-op. Uh. Uh. 
Are there no kind of hardcore uprising level seven? Yeah, hardcore uprising level seven. Terrible. You were oh, that's right? weird. That game seemed good about when you fell off a platform that it would just boost you back to where you were. But I guess in since they're moving uprising? platforms, it doesn't. No, in twenty XX. Oh. Okay. Now, with uh, the moving platforms, like you just fall all the way down. It's it's at least it's a problem with this state with with the Sky Palace stage in particular. Uh, it's just like the entire stage seems built around moving platforms and lasers, and if the lasers knock you off, you're probably going to fall uh. all the way down to it again. <laughs> it's what I like to call Super Mario Butt Shine level design, where the entire point of the game, you know, it's just like that's the that like that's the only way that game can hurt you. It's just like do it all again. We knocked you down. Now do it all again. And like that, that entire stage is just built on shitty ass gimmicks. And like the later you have to play it in a run, the worse it is because there are more, there are more lasers, more enemies, more more weird spikes that just appear out of nowhere. It's just it is absolutely a mess and just no fun at all. Like I've had runs where I've gotten to the Sky Palace, saw the level set up, and just all f forward out of the game. <laughs> like, Jeez, we're done. Get out of here. But other than that, they've got a really solid base. Like, uh-huh. you know, whether they want to push the single player aspect or the co-op aspect, like they've got a solid thing going and it's clearly, you know, doing something because they've been working on it for two years now. You know, so hopefully that game comes around by the time they've added an end game and hopefully they can polish it up enough to where, you know, it feels good. Because I think that the hardest thing about making a Mega Man roguelike is that the heart and soul of a Mega Man game lies in its level design. Like, Absolutely, yeah. Like, without good level design, Mega Man X2 is a pile of garbage. But Mega Man X2 has some of the most elegant and well-put-together stages of any Mega Man game ever. And, yep. like, when you're just using these random bits and pieces and kind of, like, hoping that they fall into place and make a fun level... You, you know, you're, you're leaving a lot up to chance there that, like, given the nature of the game that they're trying to make, you know, you can't just, like, rip out the randomly generated aspect of it. But I think that they probably need to go back and look at the way some of the pieces that compose their stages are, and they probably need to test those a lot more because mm. some of them are just really unfun. Uh, they feel real bullshitty with the enemy placement. And, and and like I said, the later you get into a run, the bullshittier it can get. It's enough to like, it's like I'm not even finishing this run. I'm just quitting the game because I don't care at this point. Did y'all ever play Mega the Mega Man Nine Endless Mode? Uh, no. It's um like ninety pre-made like screens or sets of two yeah. screens, and then it links those together and escalates as yeah. it moves it's, through them. I've seen it's people play cool. it, and it's really nuts. Uh huh. Uh, but but I've not played it myself. No, mm-hmm. like Mega Man Nine is fantastic, though. Yeah, yeah. I think like you want to be have lots of pieces that, that probably whole screens doesn't really make sense, but um, that's not really roguelikey. No, because once you've played it enough, you've seen everything pretty quickly. I mean, that's how Splunky's put together, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's put but together. you can't work. Yeah, yeah. You have to exactly. It's not quite as. Like with Mega Man Nine, it's like completely disconnected screens, basically. Yeah. Um, but with Spelunky, you're take you're making a bunch of smaller pieces that you can fit together in a whole mess of different ways. Yeah, and that's probably the route that I would think you'd want to take with a Mega Man style roguelike game. Yeah. yeah. 
and and this is mostly just this mostly just feels like large chunks of stages that are kind of randomly splattered together and you hope Mm -hmm. for the best and eh, like you know like when you're relying on the random number generator to hopefully build you a good level and then you don't get one it's just really like eh, Mm -hmm. like because like when a when a Mega Man level is terrible you don't ever want to see that level again. Mm-hmm. And it's especially more so when it's out of your control in a game like this. How's the music? Really Just good. Cool. Really good. It's got, it's got like, you know, it's obviously inspired by Mega Man and Mega Man X, but it's kind of got its own cool techno thing going on too. Awesome. So I like it. Rad. That makes sense. Yep. 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 But it's a good little game. I'm gonna keep my eye on it. Like I, like I said, I, I've I've done the first eight stages a couple of times now, and I've I've put a lot more time into it than I thought I would because you know it's an early access game. You're gonna run through that content pretty quickly, uh, but it, it's genuinely fun to play, and I like it. I just hope that it gets the love and care that it deserves as it kind of like cruises towards its logical endpoint. Mm-hmm. I feel like the lesson is always going to be that. Um, making procedural stages takes way more effort and skill than and design than making static stages. Yeah, yeah. Like to make all of that work in a way that doesn't feel terrible. Mm-hmm. Best of luck. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we move on to the last thing that I did, and it's something me and Rhett did together. Wee. We had Wee. sex. <laughs> no, finally. No. <laughs> Rhett, you sounded like you were offended by that. Disappointed. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, we watched an Animu Japan cartoon together called <laughs> called Shinsekai Yori, or From the New World, as it is released here uh, in the, the States. And I honestly don't know how to talk about this show without spoiling <laughs> it. This, yeah. is a, this is a very unique show. Um, the, the, the best premise I can give to you is that humans... They're they're all psychic and they got crazy psychic abilities and they can do cool things like push rocks. That's a real cool thing you can do in episode two. You can push rocks. You can make a little paper man stand up, or you can throw a fucking forest at somebody. You know, throw or you can set the forest on fire. Forest. Yeah, you can set the forest on fire, then throw it. Am yeah. I hearing you right? Yeah. Throw a forest. Yeah. Well, he's mostly throwing trees. Yeah. Around. Oh. But oh. Okay. Okay. But he's it's like real. Okay. But they, they kind of play it real loosey goosey with what you can do, what you can and can't do with these psychic powers. Uh, like you know, because like I said, like in one episode, it's just like they're just like pushing rocks along the ground in this little game that they're playing at the school. You know, it's just like a little sports game kind of thing where they, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, and it's like a little soccer game sort of think of it as. And then like you know, three or four episodes later, you know, there's a guy that's just throwing trees because you know why not. Or stopping arrows and then shooting them back. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we get, this show went from innocent to really dark real quickly. Uh, yeah, it does that. So it's an, this is a crazy action show. This is no. not a this is not a crazy no. action show. This is okay. a, this this show is pretty high drama. Uh, okay. It is a show that throws curveball after curveball after curveball at you, and you. You simultaneously hate it and love it for doing so. Because the show... My god. Huh. It, it, it's it so... It so many conventions. It, yeah, like, it takes every anime convention that you've seen, like, probably in the last five years or so, 
and just throws them all out the window. Like, you know, there's a convention that says, you can't do this. And then this show goes, yeah, I can. And I'm going to do it really well, too. Um, and it's how, just, um, grotesque, how, like, explicit is the violence? Not really. Like, it's actually pretty tame. Just, right. Despite the fact is. that it's very dark and a lot of really grotesque things happen, they don't really focus on that. This kind of sounds like the kind of show I could watch with Anna, like, FMA or Psychopaths yeah. or Malika. You could watch it's not this. as It's definitely not as gory as Psychopaths, I think. Yeah. Like, that really got under my skin. It is, yeah, there, I, there's, like, usually if there's, like, anything, like, I think the worst you'll see is some mild blood spray or something. All right. Or if somebody get, does get killed or dismembered or something, it's done in shadow in a way that you don't really see anything. Cool. Yeah. It is not Elfin Lead. No, no, not <laughs> at all. Uh, but but the psychic lead. powers are similar to Elfin Lead. <laughs> yes. Um, but, like, it's a show that defies your expectations because... It, it it builds on so many things that it sets up. Like, this is a show that, like, it sets up a plot point in episode two. It's not even a plot point. It sets up a line of dialogue. In the second episode, it sets up a line of dialogue, and it bothers you, and then it bothers you and bothers you. It kind of goes away, and then it comes up again, and you're like, motherfucker, you were supposed to address that. You didn't address it this time either, you pieces of shit. <laughs> And it just keeps jerking you around, but it pays off because it's it, like, don't worry, boo. This show's got you. It's going to take care of you, <laughs> but it's going to have a lot of fun jerking you around. Uh-huh. Uh, and um, I think that like something I can say about this show that, that, that I don't think really spoils much is that I think that a lot of people – Maybe most people that watch anime watch anime because of characters and character drama. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that like I think that's of, definitely fair. Yeah, most of us want to like root for our main characters, and they you know we want the best for them, and like we we're always interested when they're on screen and what they're doing. Um, and Shinsekai draws you in with that because it starts out by setting up these characters as people you genuinely come to care about and you care about their camaraderie and why they're together. And like, you know, you care about all of their friendships or the romances that may be starting to, you know, take seed in the earlier episodes. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then the show like goes further than that. It's like, yeah, like all of that's important, but, What's really more important here is what I'm trying to tell you. And Shinsekai Yori is a show that has themes and a message that are so strikingly relevant to the world today that it was, it honestly gave me shivers. Like when it, when it, like, like the show isn't vague about its points, mm-hmm. but, but like when it throws them in your face the way it does, you were already thinking that. But when it's like, yo, like this is what I'm trying to say, it hits it home even harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like when characters have like these inner monologues about like what's going on in the world and like what these events mean and the overall world as a whole, you know, it's just like holy shit! Like everything about the world right now, this this show is saying, and it's very, very poignant, uh, and it handles it v- like in such a classy way. Like it's it's just like I've not seen a show do that. Like I think the last time I saw a try a, a show attempt to even try something like that was maybe Eden of the East. And even then that's really insular. That's even, that's really insular to Japanese culture. Whereas I think Shinsuke message and themes are far more reaching than that. 
Like it's not just yeah, like cool. Like it is. I described it on Twitter as like it is a funhouse mirror. It is a funhouse mirror for the human condition. Could turn a phrase. And it's just like like it's it it's left thoughts in my head that I still can't get out of there. <laughs> you know, like it's a show that like once it ends, it it has a very striking ending. By the way, oh boy, like, it it is an ending that hits in a way that just like again, anime does not do. Like this is like like when 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 it's over and you, like you're sitting there and the final credits have rolled and it just cuts to black. It's just like. Oh, oh, I've got to think about all of this. Oh, show what have you done to me? <laughs> uh, yeah, so that like those are my thoughts. Like Rhett, like this was a rewatch for you. Yeah. So, what were your thoughts on the rewatch? One thing was that you mentioned that line of dialogue in episode two that intentionally gets under your skin the entire series, and knowing how that resolves for me made my second viewing a lot more enjoyable because I didn't have to worry about that. Oh. Because just knowing how things ended up, it allowed me to kind of take in what was happening at the present, like, more comfortably. Yeah. Because the the show has so much tension. Like, it is intentionally, like, raising the stakes and just kind of getting is, under your skin the whole time. Like, this is a show that has the kind of tension Higurashi had. Yeah, definitely. Ooh. Like, I got Higurashi vibes watching this show on so many on so many levels because like like Higurashi there were times in Higurashi where like when I was watching it it was always a sense of dread or always a sense of like I'm doing something wrong and I'm being called out for it oh. I, you <laughs> yeah. know it's just like the things that this show tackles and the way that it does so from its interpersonal relationships to its broader message, it never leans too far to either side. You care about both in the end. Like it's just so like it manages to put every bit of meaning into these things that it's trying to do. And then by the end, neither side outweighs the other. Like it's all still important. And that's like why it leaves such an impression. And I never seen that kind of confidence uh, in anime storytelling in such a long time. Yeah. The other thing was that you had actually watched like the first seven episodes. Yeah. Back when, when I, I first, first recommended it. Yeah. And I didn't realize you had gotten that far. So I had, I only thought you were on like episode three. So I was still like, let's, let's just start over from the beginning mm-hmm. and rewatch it from there. And like, I'm really glad we did that because those first yeah, seven episodes uh, actually set up everything. Yeah. Like, there are so many callbacks in the final episodes to specific moments in the yeah. in the first arc. The, like, I had forgotten how direct those were. And, like, even in the final episode, they're calling things out from early episodes. It's just like, gosh, this was all on the table the like, entire time. Like, this like, show puts everything on the table. Like, it's not a guessing game. Like, you can actually, like... You could watch this show and, like, like a mystery, try and predict it because the, the show gives you all of the details you need to figure out maybe what's going on here. Yeah, it definitely actually does play out as something you could solve kind of oh, in theory. Cool. Yeah, it is just – it is the best damn Japanese cartoon <laughs> I've seen in a very damn long time. And I am super happy to have watched that. Cool. And that's how the mystery aspect sounds like a good way to sell it to Anna because she was um, yeah talking about Persona Four and how specifically one of the aspects of it that resonated with her the most was the mystery, and then like, that knowing that that's kind of falls a bit falters a bit when replays. 
It's not really a mystery, yeah, it's but not it's, explicit. Explicit. it's not explicitly a mystery. You can mystery. figure out where it's going even as it's kind of yeah. flashing yeah. you if, around. If you pay attention to the details and what the show is giving you just from mm-hmm. the at- – like, because yeah. like it doesn't hide anything, which is just so, – like everything about this show is just like there's no unreliable narrator thing going on or anything. It's just like everything is being put on the table as is. Like there, there are no hidden tricks behind the curtain. Like, this is what is happening, and you can deduce from it whatever you will. Or you can just sit back and let it wash over you. Yeah. Like I said to Polly earlier, I'm just like, this show just, like, hides things in plain sight in yeah. a crazy way where, like, I know what they're really doing here, but I bet Polly doesn't, and I'm not going to say anything. Yeah, and when those moments came by, like, at the end of every episode, I was just, like, in the IM window to ret. Fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> it's and, just like... A- there's like no red herrings either. No. Like every everything that happens for happens for a reason and will be referenced later. Like yeah. it's crazy how many callbacks it can make. Yeah. It's just yeah. Shinsakayori from the new world just go. Like we can't yeah. say much more about it without just saying, "Hey, this 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 and this happens." Gotcha. Like, I mean, I, I could I'm, say I'm pretty sold. I think the title is really relevant because it is literally like a story from the new world, which yes. is 1,000 years after our current time. Yeah. And they so say that, that real kinda, early. Yeah, that's really kind of, like, explicit in yeah. the early episodes. Like, you get that, but then, like, how they play with that and what what that means and, like, mm-hmm. what it means for humanity as a whole is real. Like, the payoff is yeah. so good. <laughs> yeah, we're doing a real good there job was... of, talk, of actually talking around this. Like, it actually, yeah. I'm it's really interested about the show. Yeah. There was like, I knew how it ended. Like I knew the final episode, but there was one thing in it that I had forgotten. And I basically fucking completely lost it. crying in the last episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm not going to be able to talk about this to Polly now. Cause I'm crying too hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. Uh, the show goes the last. Cause you kept asking me, well, this show's good, but are they going to nail the landing? Are they going to nail the landing? And I'm just, like, thinking in the back of my head, the reason people like this show is because of the final episode. <laughs> like, it all comes down to that. Yeah. And they nail it beyond a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. Basically. It, like, it might be my favorite ending. It's, yeah. Like, that episode is so powerful. Like, the cinematography, too. Like, there's so many just iconic shots that just break your heart. Yeah, like, a typical anime season is 26 episodes, but I feel that they only went 25 so that they could dump a bunch of the budget into the last two episodes of the show. Cool. Jeez. It's real good. All From, right. Yep, yeah. And that is all I've been up. To, uh, we don't have any butt steam this week because I'm oh. lazy. I'm lazy. Can I read one or two? From... Oh, well, if you got them. I, hit, I was browsing the Hyper Devotion Noir <laughs> forum. Oh, yeah. I've been reading these. I've, I've been making the big they... mistake of being a, like, a participant. I don't yeah. know why I've done that to myself. Tisk, tisk, tisk. Yeah, but Paracom. it doesn't matter because it's not like uh, Idea Factory's responding to anybody. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I might, as well, I might as well be the one level-headed person there responding to people. Mm-hmm. So here's a few posts from the Hyper Devotion Noir Forum. Let's go. One guy says, I can ignore many bad things, but not shibby graphics. <clears throat> oh my god. 
<laughs> I just love that the thing people are bitching about this game is that it has like it a has super a, deformed art style. Yeah, which is, like, like by far the best thing about it's it like is that it's the super art cute. style is fucking adorable. Like, like the, if you if you don't watch if you don't watch that opening movie with Noir versus the other CPUs and don't think that's the greatest thing ever, there's a fucking Matrix shot in that fucking opening movie. It's a Matrix shot, but then like you hear the blades sizzling as they yeah. hit each other, like it's fucking Star Wars. Like what? So good. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And it's with these little chibi models, and it's so great. Like, I think that those models are what make it kind of work as a yeah. strategy RPG because they're just so cute. Yeah. The level ups and stuff are adorable. Yeah. Okay, another post from the Steam forums. Romancing noir in a video game as a male is not that much of an issue. She is the most popular character, after all, and the game is aimed at men. The Yuri subtext is mainly here because of the all female cast plus sexual innuendos, but remember that the target audience is mainly composed of heterosexual males. Uh, and I just posted that with the comment. In, Tell that to my my Twitter feed. Yeah, um, I I don't think that's the case at all. In Japan, I don't know. I really don't know. Mm-hmm. I just I don't think that's the case. I just don't think that is the case. And the series is written by a woman, so I just I yeah, yeah that's kind I, of what pops into my brain. I just don't read it like like this. The, the series is just like there are elements that, and I think that they've always kind of like maybe tried to put elements in there for that. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that as a whole that series is yeah. directly aimed at, at, at the hetero male audience. It's, There's something about it that just really doesn't feel like it's that gay. It's not as know? pandery, definitely. Yeah, as yeah. yeah. And even with, like the attempts to where they've have gone full pander. Mm-hmm. have met with like harsh criticism in Japan. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, like the people that like these characters like these characters because they are these characters, not because yeah. it's cheesecake porn. I got one more. It's kind of a longer one and it's Let's go. somewhat broken English, so this might be turkey. Agreed that Yuri is not the major selling point, but the Yuri tease is part of the what most fans generally accepted in the series and not much objection for it. For good story writing, you do not mix Yuri or Yuri Sheep Tees with het shit at all, unless it is done purposely to get negative feedback, feeling, and backlash. Well, and they wrote that in caps as well. Oh okay, that was a that was that, that was, was a, a good scene. one. This, that was this a good one. This isn't done it's yet. Not over. Oh boy! All right. For the series game, you already have. You already self-insert into the female characters. <laughs> and now for this game, you need to self-insert to a horny male stranger in the same time, which causes audience mind-blowing. I want to self-insert into you, Rhett. <laughs> um, well, more would be like you self-inserting into me, but okay. you, you aren't going to be the one to make that joke. Is this what? one is still isn't over yet. Oh my god. With all the Yuri pecking kiss power-up skill, and even the relationship level is named Lily ranking, in parentheses, Yuri level ranking, it is greatly part of the game. All of a sudden, a horny male character spin out and get his hand on their body has destroyed these previously developed Lily relationship. (laughs) Oh dear. I want to work in het shit into my daily... Daily critical vocabulary. I think like, you might. Oh, sound it's, this is good, that. but it's got a lot of het shit. Oh, that that's what you and Anna said to me about your lie in April. That's what basically. exactly what she said. Like, oh. oh, it's a guy and a girl. Fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> 
basically. It was a no sale. So is that all the butt steam we have? Those were my, were my favorites. All right. Uh, so if you got some butt steam, you want to send it off to us, you can either screen cap the post or send me a link directly to it at poly at socksmakepeoplesexy.net. Rhett, you're my best friend, and I've got a question for you. Okay. You got, you got some news for me? Uh, I do, but I was also loading up the email. Uh, the news is Mega Dimension Neptunia 7 is coming to Steam this summer. <laughs> Guess what? They're trying to sweep under the rug. Mm-hmm. Hyper Could be. This, this announcement came, like, I, it was like a week after Noir launched, and, like, Idea Factory still hadn't said shit on their forums about, hey, why is this Noir game kind of broken? It's like, oh, hey, guys, guess what? Get excited! Hyper Div- uh, yeah, Mega Dimension Neptunia Victory 2 is coming out this summer! That said, I'm gonna buy yeah. it day one. Yeah. So oh, I don't yeah. give a Are fuck. you? Gonna, I wonder how much it's gonna cost. I don't care. I'm buying it day one. Oh damn. Day one, Umio DLC. As yeah. A, I mean, it's <laughs> the first like full Nep Nep game since um, Rebirth three, right? Yeah. This Mainline is the first Nep. one. This is the one like people are saying like is the best game. <sighs> so wait, it's Mega Dimension Neptunia Victory two. Victory two. Yeah. But it's also this. But it's also there are three Nep games and then three Rebirth games and then this one. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's, it's also so, really so it's also actually the seventh game. That is amazing. It's amazingly clever. That is the best thing I've ever heard. Yeah. <sighs> the thing that's notable is that this is actually the first one in ages developed by Compile Heart. Yeah. Because the remakes were made by Stella or yeah. whatever it is, Philly Stella. Stella. Okay. Yeah, so Compile so, Heart actually did this one. Yeah, and they were so people are saying like expect this one to play release. a little. Hmm. Okay, one at a time. Sorry, go for it, Red. People are saying like expect this one to play pretty differently because it's actually a Compile Heart game and everything that entails. Yeah, I've seen uh, I've seen some video of it and it, like the battle system definitely looks different, but it kind of looks like an interesting, you know, a refreshed kind of take on what we already know. Yeah. And it definitely yeah. like you you don't want that same battle system all the time. There are three so. rebirth games, so yeah. So like yeah. you know, like but I'm all are... for a clean break. Like let's let's do something different. Mm-hmm. But that original Neptunia game was rough. Uh, uh. They've learned their lesson, clearly. Yeah, hopefully. They've moved from the hyper-dimension to the mega-dimension. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've seen a lot of video of this game. Like, I couldn't help myself but to look to see, like, what the battle system was like. And it's definitely, mm-hmm. like, it's definitely different, but it's still, like, a lot of the elements from the Rebirth games that people liked. Cool. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So there's that. Red, have you got any more news? I do. The biggest news of Uh-oh. all... Wait a minute, wait a minute. Do I need to give this one a... Uh, Inafune Watch 2016. <laughs> we now return to our local anchorman for all Inafune-related business. Threat. Mighty number nine has gone gold. <gasps> Bullshit. What does it mean to go gold? Like it's means on, like it's everything's done. done. Yeah, one hundred percent done. They say the game is coming out June twenty first, two thousand sixteen, for North America. And, oh. and the, I won't read the whole Kickstarter email, but there's just this third paragraph that says, 
Therefore, the release date we are announcing is set in stone, and there will be no further delays for the game. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and I'm just, I'm just reading that, going, "What if it happens? What?" If? Oh, my oh, by god. the way, the PlayStation Vita and 3DS versions aren't done yet. Yeah. So those are I actually wonder delayed. If they've even done anything with those yet? Oof. Uh, oof. So what is it? So it seems like um, something taking a long ass time to get made can kind of be skewed in like two directions. Mm -hmm. Like it can either mean, hey, they're taking their time. They're going to do this thing right. They want to fill it with love, you know, or it can mean that they're just kind of um, thinking it to death and not really don't really know what they're doing. I think it's just mismanagement. I don't think they know what the fuck they were doing. Okay. They didn't know what they were getting into when, like, when the, like they started hitting Kickstarter stretch goals and just promising shit out of the moon. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, here's online mode that nobody asked for in a Mega Man game. Oh God, yeah, yeah. I think it was twofold. Where one issue was that they were promising the game on like eight platforms, yeah. which was mm-hmm. completely ridiculous. When Shovel Knight did like one, they did it on Wii U, and was PC afterwards or at the same time? Uh, same time. Okay, so they did it on two, and then PC, PS4, and Xbox One came later, right? Like, mm-hmm. And and 3DS, like they yeah, they staggered absolutely. it. Yeah. And the other thing they claimed the big delay here was for the online mode. Oh god! And so the reason so being, it had to be delayed was because they want to do physical versions, and if the game was classified as an offline only game when they did the physical version, they'd have to go through research again when it had the online mode and there's a whole thing. And it's just like, it just smelled like bullshit. Basically it's just this whole, like we didn't think fucking anything out before we threw this bullshit together on Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. We got all these stretch goals. We overpromised what we were sure we could or couldn't do. We just like, Hey, it looks good. People will give us more money. I mean, Afune, people love me. You like mm-hmm. that tear jerking video about how much I love Mega Man. Didn't you? Mm-hmm. I love Mega yeah. Man. I was thinking a lot about the delay thing because, like, finding out Mega Man Two was put together in three months. Yeah, just like, oh fuck. Games were simpler back then. <laughs> yeah. Or like, and then comparing that with like Majora's Mask taking like a year and Dark Souls being like a year, and it, and then a huge part of that is like awful, awful crunch conditions. Yeah. In game design, and that's just shit. Yeah. Um, but there's also something with like. Majora's Mask taking a year, and then Twilight Princess taking, like, six or something. Yeah. And I was just wondering, like, if you're thinking th- about this too hard, maybe, you, you, maybe you're coming at it a little wrong. Uh, I don't think it's them thinking too hard. I think it's yeah, them yeah. over-promising and having no idea how to put this project together at all. Gotcha. I mean, there's definitely games where they'll make a huge portion of it and be like, this isn't good and have to start over, kind of like Duke Nukem Forever or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then in that case, they just, like, well, let's just release it anyways. <laughs> Patch it later. I, yeah. I mean, like, look at Final Fantasy fifteen. Like, mm-hmm. how long ago was that announced? Ten years or something? Yeah. Like, oh. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be sad when that comes out, because I feel like that's a legacy. Yeah. <laughs> unto itself. Yeah. It's coming out, like, what, two two weeks after Persona 5 in Japan, yeah. like Atlas oh, yeah. set the oh, yeah, so release the date news. to be two weeks before Persona, before Final Fantasy 15. Oh, that's so funny. That's ballsy. It's so ballsy. Yeah, that's the I, other news. Persona 5, hey. It's got a release date. Hooray. Really that game, did you see that new trailer? That game looks really pretty. I, I, I typically just avoid trailers for games. Okay. I don't got, watch them. 
I haven't makes seen sense. the trailer, but I've seen clips from it. It's got style. It's, it's got so much style. style. What Persona's got these days is it's got oh. a lot of style. Yeah. That that battle results screen though. <laughs> oh, it looks so good. It looks so good. I'm excited. I like Persona. Talk about another game that took a million years to make though. Oh yeah, the fact that there wasn't one on PS3 generation. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that's crazy. That's, that's so funny. Persona 4 was a PS2 game. Yeah. Yep. So again, it's like you can really just spin it. Where, however, your brain is going for at I least th- with me thinking, like when yeah. I see Nightmare I Number Nine, it's like, oh god, they just don't know what they're doing, and then, which is definitely probably true mm-hmm. in that case because yeah. they handled yeah. the release dates and then delaying them, yeah. and then with Persona Five, it's like, oh yay, it's gonna be just what they wanted to make. Yeah, I think that game is something they're just putting everything they have into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't think they announced a release date before that. Uh, uh, no, said, they totally, they, they totally, totally, like, totally did. Yeah. They announced released years, right? It's yeah, like, they were like, in, 2013. Summer 2013. Was it 13? Yeah. God. It oh, well, maybe it was 2014, which st- sounded forever away at yeah. the time. Yeah. Oh, my God. Video games, dog. Battlefield 1. <laughs> <laughs> I just like the tweets that Mike Foster was making about that, really. I just thought it was a joke. Remember yes. how fun remember how fun war was before the Geneva Convention came along and ruined all of our fun? <laughs> Please tell me it's like PS4 exclusive. Does that is that Battlefield? No, it's it's Xbox One. Okay. Cause that would just be so great. Just PC only Battlefield One. Oh, if it wasn't on Xbox One, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Only for the Windows one. we're rebooting everything like this is battlefield one is the platform of which the new windows rolls out (laughs) i was playing battlefield one the other day oh wait what oh it's (laughs) what's your operating system battlefield (laughs) one playing myself guys (laughs) right we got another piece of news you do? Is it Call of Duty Infinite Warfare? Oh, no. Our, our other piece of news will probably... Infinite War, Infinity War? By the time people listen to this, it'll have already happened. Oh, Radiohead! Radiohead! Radiohead album out on Sunday! It's gonna be great. I we hope kept, so. We kept thinking that all these singles like were not leading up to an album because of the way they were being released, and it turns like, oh yeah, by the way, here's a new single from our album that's coming out uh, two days from now. Like, okay, guys... You think Spectre will be on it? I, I it better be. I think Spectre might not be, mm. but I guess it could fit given everything else. Given everything put else out. that they've put out so far, yeah, it's definitely yeah, yeah. Cool. So, um, uh, before we close things out, oh, yes. we got a what? We got them Twitters. We got some yes. got some Twitters. So if you want to shoot us some Twitter box questions, you can hit us up at, at SMPS underscore updates, or you can shoot us an email to podcast at socksmakepeoplesexy.net. What do we got? Oh, we got a bunch from Raquel. Okay. Excuse cool. me, but we, the listeners, are tired about hearing P- about PSO2 all the time. <laughs> it's been months. Shut up already. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> Where's the line? Uh, what a what a hilarious, sarcastic, ironic. Um, that's an ironic thing to get at the end of a show where we talked about PSO two for about twenty minutes. Oh no, Raquel was clearly yeah, being for like an hour. Yeah, 
Was it really that I don't long? think Raquel actually. Don't Raquel act, doesn't actually want us to not talk about PSO2. We gotta talk about. No, I think um, PSO2 specifically. She doesn't want me talking about it. Oh, okay. We gotta talk about Nepesi Star Undertale Online Saga <laughs> 2. There you go. The Hedgehog. The Hedgehog. And Knuckles. <laughs> okay, real question from Raquel. Which Metal Gear gentleman has the best butt? And a little context here. She started playing Rising last night and was gushing about Raiden's butt a lot. Yeah. yeah. When you say Metal Gear dude and butt, I just... Snake's butt yeah, just like, pops into my face. I can have this vivid... It's just immediate. Like, you see it in all of its glistening canvas. glory. No, no, it's psychomantis. Mind space. Oh, God. I'm just going into my mind library, and I just pull a book off the shelf, open it up, it's, it's Snake's butt. I pull it's another book off butt. the shelf, Snake's butt. No, okay. Snake's butt. Okay, which snake? Uh, Metal Gear Solid 2 snake. Yeah. Okay, Solid 2. Yeah. 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 I said she, if she likes riding, she play, should, yeah, should play Solid 2. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sounds like Solid Device. I don't remember any Boom. good action in Revengeance. Was there good butt action in Revengeance? She she seems to think so. It's all but Like, you are centered on Raiden's butt the entire <laughs> time. So. Yes, you are. Okay. Because maybe uh, it's not just as completely like, oh, yeah, that's that's the butt. It has an MGS2. Okay, next question. What are some g- games you like to play when you don't want to play a game with a whole lot of plot? And I guess Isaac? Isaac, Isaac, Downwell. Um, Downwell is so good. Streets of Rage. Every time I think about Downwell, like I haven't really played it since I beat it after like playing it pretty consistently for a little while. But every time I think about it, I just feel like warm and nice. Yeah. <laughs> I like Downwell a lot. I think maybe not naming a specific game, but like shmups do not have yeah. a plot usually worth yeah. anything. Yeah. Like that was my first instinct was like, oh, I'll load in our type. Yeah. Yeah. Get, get MAME on your machine and just play some old arcade games. There you go. Fun. Yeah. What do you say? All right, what do you play when you don't want to deal with no damn stupid plot? I play rhythm games. Like, I'm still. I'm still playing the Love Live mobile game. God. Isn't there story in Love Live? I skip it because I can't read it. <gasps> oh, okay. It's not That's translated, though. I'm playing the, the the Japanese version now because it's so much more friendlier to like the player base oh. than the English one. Like You get so many more benefits that it's just like, wow, why aren't I playing on the Japanese version? Mm. Gotcha. The only the only loss is I can't read the stories, but I'm sure I can find translations. Just infer it. They're all gay. No, mm. obviously they're all gay. But why are they gay? And who are they gay for? And who's <laughs> like the? You need to get at the nuance here, Polly. Gotcha. gotcha. <laughs> Not all Yuri. Not all Yuri. Oh, it was hetero shit. There, get fuck that. The het shit. I'd say fighting games, but I play, but. So far, all the fighting games I've been getting into are like have these really intricate oh, stories. Yeah. Oh my god, we were playing King of Fighters. That's just like have a story with a side story of like fighting. Yeah. Yep. Wasn't just ten year actually... long soap opera. Basically. Over ten years of Neo Geo games. Yeah. Wasn't there actually like a controversy with Love Live though, where they referred to the player as being a guy? Yep. <laughs> yep. Yes. Yep. Yeah, it actually happened in the uh, English translation. Like yeah. some characters took were had some of their like gayness taken out. Yeah. Like yep. uh, the big booby lady, she says like for one of her quotes, "I like 
cute girls and becomes, I like cute things. And they're like, you can't get rid of the Yuri out of the characters. It's not fair. Wasn't there enough of a revolt that they actually retranslated it? Yeah, they did. I think they, so. They retranslated all of that stuff. And I think some other things were like, quote, fixed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but a lot of the, the really old, like the older cards that you can get still have like the reference that you're a guy and they're trying to romance you. It's just like, don't, don't do this. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, I got Let you. them just stay with each other. They do that in the later, the more recent updated things. It was like, yeah, I got this cool thing for White Day for for this character. And I think she's going to really like it. I hope she does. And that's like the whole thing. It's like, yeah, hey, I, yeah. cool, thanks. <laughs> Weird. Mm. Weird. Spins. Oh uh, yeah, so that's a pretty music good games. Yeah. music. Games is fun though. I like I'm liking a lot of the songs now. Now that I'm like a hundred levels into it, I have like more than two songs, so it's good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You pretty much can't go wrong with like when it, with the not a whole lot of plot thing. You pretty much can't go wrong with just like loading up a bunch of NES, Game Boy, Genesis games. Yeah, <laughs> just like take your pick. Yeah, mm-hmm. all games didn't have stories. Basically, the only story yeah. you got was in the manual, and you don't have to read those. And we didn't complain about it, and it was great. Who reads a manual anyway? When you're in the bathroom, sometimes you need good, you're good reading material. Oh, right. <laughs> good idea. I thought Mega Man X, you get to the first, the end of the first level, and then you're saved by Mega Man R, and he saves you from the purple beetle board. Yep, there you go. What? Yep, nailed it. Boom. Okay, I couldn't more. read the text box because I was more. playing it before I could read <laughs> You were playing it before you could read? That's crazy to me. (laughs) Oh, suddenly I feel old. I didn't play a video game until I was like six and I could read. Yeah, I think I I I was was about mine too. I think I I played Mario World when I I think I was playing Super Mario World when I was like four or five. Jeez. Yeah. Okay, final question. Or two questions actually. The first one is from Tengu Gemini. When is the Homestuck spoiler cast? Never! Um, never. June 15th. Executive decision? Never. I'm not drawing Maybe. We'll see. We'll see how the cards shake out. You got your own damn podcast you can do it with, because you ain't doing it on mine. <laughs> John and Fresno for three hours. Yeah, you guys can do that. You ain't putting it on mine. <laughs> okay, final question then. From Tango Gemini as well. Better question. It's free comic book day, so what is everyone's favorite web comic? I was thinking about this. Like I um re- regularly right now I just read like the only comic I really read regularly that I think is good is um Saturday morning breakfast cereal. Um but yeah, I think Homestuck is just the best web comic. Um, uh, <laughs> um. I liked I, I versus pretty, Pi a lot. Which one? I versus oh. Pi was pretty good. That's mine. <laughs> I was of a flash really into web comics as a kid. Just I so never really got into like I only like I versus Pi and Eight Easy Bits. Mm-hmm. I always I read Bob and George a bunch, and then I was kept trying to Google how to make a sprite comic, and then Eighties Bits would come up, and it was like confusing, and the words were confusing, and I was annoyed because I wanted to find an actual tutorial. It's so great. Like yeah, I just, he, he had to have named it that way on purpose. How to make a sprite comic in eighty bits. <laughs> well, that's uh, pretty great, actually. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's good branding. 
Yeah, I just have like a Google page of like a bunch of actual tutorials and at the top, ADC bits, and I just be like, oh, this again. <laughs> cool, is that all the questions? Yeah, I didn't say my favorite comics, oh. which are all like not running anymore. Oh, right, right. Wait, well, that's the good. They're finished. Yeah. But then, <laughs> like what? Like Wendy, but that was a comic that like 99 2000 era oh, like wow. it's not available online wow. anymore that is like almost purged it feels like mm. you can actually i so i finally found it on archive.org like <laughs> some of the pages are still up and then i find like if you subscribe to his patreon like there's the pdf of the oh, whole thing. I see. oh that's really nice that's cool yeah but like i was kind of revisiting that because like that was a direct influence on i versus pie early on yeah cool and then another one I liked when it was around was Sexy Losers. Sexy Losers, yep. Oh, that, that was good shit. That's the comic that FAP comes from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that comic's really good shit. Yeah. I think that guy oh. went on to make Depression comics, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah, that's really hard. Which is a, a very hard swing <laughs> from. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Sexy Losers is great. And then what's it called? Perry Bible Fellowship or whatever Yes. Which Perry also Bible, a, Perry Bible Fellowship is excellent. Yeah, that's I feel left out. I don't know any of these. Oh, that's uh, the comic that Weeaboo came from. Yeah. Yes. Um, if you film? like, if you like, I'm um, sexy losers. Oglaf is pretty great. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like a, yeah, that sex porny humor. Oh. 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 Can't have that on the podcast. Oh, you know, <laughs> I did read a web comic. I what remember was... one. It's called Igra. It's really like a grotesque. Oh, yeah. Oh, what comic? Egra, E E G R A. Yeah, they're kind of like random and all over the place, but they really like to poke fun at video games. And yeah. there was like one distinct quote that I always remember is like, "Oh dang, video games have made me retarded." So it's like <laughs> this guy has like a muffin stuck to his forehead. <laughs> so it's like, "Yep, I'm gonna be remembering that for a while." <laughs> That's video games. It's video games. Yeah. I think that one did a whole like series on like gamers being yeah. a stupid term. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's that? What's that comic with the Kawaii Kocha? Something like that. Oh, Kawaii Chan. <laughs> um, I read a bunch of Eight Bit Theater as a kid too, and I feel like the only um, sprite comics that really hold up are um, Eight Easy Bits and MS Paint masterpieces. Yeah. Which was the second one started as a Bob and George fan comic that was like, hey, what if we do a Mega Man sprite comic that actually like has good pixel art <laughs> and we awesome. care about free, about making the art look pretty? Yeah. And we maybe do the writing a little bit better? Just right, a little right, bit? Right, right, just a tiny bit? Yeah. <laughs> that all for questions. That is it. Sayara! Hi. Hey, you, Sayara, I'm talking to you. Hi, how's it, going? how's it going? I can't see anything. I'm blind. Oh, really? Yeah, I've been close, awake. If I close one eye, I'm pretty much blind. So I'm I've just, been yeah. awake for 24 hours now. Oh, good. Well, yeah. guess what? We're winding down, and all you got to do is, uh, you know, I hope we didn't bore you to death for work. Oh, no, no, it's fine. I, I Just because work and yesterday was a complete bust of, like, any kind of me existing. I was just asleep all day, and I woke up at, like, 11 and at night. And I was just like, I have to go to work at 4. Should I just stay awake? And that's kind of what ended up happening. That's, like, six hours, dog. You could have slept in six hours. 
but if I sleep and wake up again, I feel like shit. It's just not worth it. Yeah. I have like <laughs> drug up on like tons of medicine. I always feel so bad when I wake up. Let's just never sleep. No, I, I, I haven't. I haven't had like good sleep in maybe two years now. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's cool though. That's why I get to make really angry, noited art because there you go. Anger, repension of like I don't sleep and I hate everyone because of it. There you go. It's a good outlet at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I have news. new death grips to listen to to do so. There you go. Even better. Expect something from that at some point eventually in the near future. Cool. Maybe when Mighty Number Nine comes. No, no, no. What's the other one they're doing? Red, Red Ash, Red Ass, or something. Red yeah. Ass. <laughs> that's one where you kick cans, right? Yeah, you kick, like, yeah. kick a can. Wait, that yeah. didn't that didn't succeed, did it? It got not... outside funding from some sh- yeah. shady Chinese company. Shady bullshit. Okay, that might not ever actually exist. I'm pretty sure that won't. We'll, we'll see. My good. Art we are watching um, Inafune. <laughs> I figure out where we'll, we'll come when that starts getting a release date. Look gotcha. Look forward to it. Gotcha. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, for having me again. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Uh, tell our internet do friends where we can find you. Well, if you uh, go to a website called twitch.tv slash Eric's Joystick, <laughs> you, can, uh, you can find uh, not me, but a really cool guy who likes to play awesome video games, like yeah. stream at like weird times during the day because Hawaii time is kawaii. Yeah, and I'm like, exactly. oh, there's an email at 3 and oh, he's streaming tonight. And then I feel bad because I'm never awake for it. Or I'm, like, getting ready to go to work and can't really watch a stream while I'm trying to drive my ass to work. Yeah, that'd be dangerous. We don't yeah. advise that. Yeah, it's not not good idea. Not a good idea. But if you want to if you wanna see whatever kind of nonsense artwork I do, you can either look at my Twitter, which is Tenkulu, T-E-I-K I spelled it wrong, T-E-I-N K-U-L-U You can see whatever kind of nonsense that I post that's like not legit, but then my Tumblr is uh, Tumblr Sayara.tumblr.com yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. I type it every week on the on the on the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just click those links that Polly officially yeah. put types for me, but it's not going to be the case because I I didn't do this week's uh I didn't do this week's art cover. No nope. tagging you anyways. You're the guest. Yeah, there you go. Ruby stuff. Cool. Uh, I'll I'll be less lazy for the next guest and actually do something really cool and maybe not be just a fucking copy of. <laughs> something i'm actually a little worried about that now that we have like officialness oh it's not gonna bother anything don't worry about it it's like but but people are gonna say like hey that's fucking bb from love live they're gonna know what that is and it's just like mm. here's me caring well they're gonna get the reference for once they're gonna yeah, hey they get the reference sometimes when it's <laughs> undertale <laughs> When we actually put the word Undertale on the fucking episode card. Yeah, well, they still got it. It's it's Undertale. Well, whatever. Anyway. Just, just click those links that have links to me. I, I post art. Sometimes it's not safe for work. Sometimes it's not safe for anyone. Sometimes it's just gross. So take it with a grain of salt or whatever. Go. Or don't. There you go. There you go. John Thayer, where can we find you? Um, farawaytimes.com 
Rhett, where can we find you? On PSO2 because I'm helpless. Aww. So. And remember, if you got stuff you want to send to us, podcast at sexy.net or something to at SMPS underscore updates. Or if you got butt steam, you want to send our way, poly at sexy.net. And remember, we're the podcast that loves you. We're the only ones that love you.